everybody was discussing uh, a gentleman who had passed out on the ground with drunkenness. It was, uh, he was out cold. He seemed to be okay, but he was just, he was just gone in the brain, you know what I mean? So that's what was going on over there. I'm here in Nakano. Everybody's winding down, but they're also winding up. It's kind of weird. Like, everybody's going home, but there's a flurry of activity. Because it is midnight. So it's like, last train, everyone's got to get home, or lie down on the ground, dead drunk. Those are the, those are the options that you have at the, pres <laughs> at the present time. And there's a lot of trucks doing resupplies. You can hear those in the background. Well, I was just giving y'all a little bit more ambiance. Guess I'll talk to you later. hope y'all can hear the uh, jazz fusion version of stepping out that is occurring in here. I don't know if I got close enough to it, but pretty fun. I'm here in the 7-Eleven trying to find a snack that does not have mysterious chicken inside of it. You try to buy this uh, salty potato snack. It just looks like it's supposed to be potato and salt. But no, there's chicken in it. This sour cream and onion potato chip. Pork. Obviously, there's got to be pork in it. Why would you buy a potato chip if it didn't have pork? Tried to buy some uh, onigiri. Everything god darn had some sort of a dashi in it. I mean, you got to have fish in there. Why are you going to eat it otherwise? You want rice with no fish in it? What are you jerk that's me the jerk listen to this hope you can hear that okay bye That music was playing in front of a smartphone repair center in Kanda. Unusual. I just had an odd experience at Uniqlo. I went to buy some socks because I only brought 10 pairs with me. And uh, there also was a Sonic shirt and I availed myself of the opportunity to purchase a Sonic without embarrassment. But anyway, 
Oh, I guess this music is playing all along this shopping street. Okay, it's not just the smartphone place. Anyway, the point about the Uniqlo is that they have like a self-checkout thing. A lot of places have self-checkout, but I was like, where's the scanner for my, for my stuff? And I was just holding my things in my hand. And as I was holding my things, they started showing up on the screen. And like, I have no idea where they were scanning or what they were scanning. I guess maybe there were tags in the, the paper that's, that, that binds all of their objects. I have no idea. It's very odd and spooky. I was supposed to put them into this dedicated area and maybe I thought they were gonna scan it there, but I was just holding them in my hand. The heck, I felt like I was in a goddamn Amazon store. Bought some more City Pop records today. I'm trying not to do too much of that, but well, I did it. And now, going off to my friend's house, we're gonna play some old video games. And, uh, I'm walking by a place called The Tobacco. I'm not gonna go in there. Talk to you later. Bye from Conda. See ya. It's been a while since I've updated y'all on what's going on out here. Uh, I've been not carrying my mic with me and forgetting about it. Sorry, but things have gotten a little busier. I went and hung out with a bunch of ex-Sega people yesterday. The uh, artist from Crazy Taxi, the art director of Space Channel 5, producer of Space Channel 5, uh, who also did a voice in Roommate 203. It's pretty fun. Uh, also, the art director of Res was there, and we all had lunch. That was nice. I asked the um, artist of Crazy Taxi why they had the offspring as their music, and um, and I said that I hated it. <laughs> And uh, that got a good laugh out of everybody. Uh, not, but I love the game, and I said that I played it with different music, which is true. Um, but yeah, apparently it was just the director, that's the what he was listening to all the time. He was just listening to that music, and it like really fit the image for him. And it fit the image of, like I guess originally it, each character was going to have their own theme and, and vibe and stuff, but in the end they just went, they just went with that. Uh, I think each having their own theme and vibe would have been pretty cool, but so it goes. And he did all of the designs for Crazy Taxi 3 by himself, which is the the less less known, less played Xbox one. So that's kind of cool. I said I was going to go talk to some French people about my video games, but the French people did not want to be on the podcast. God darn it. Which is a shame because we played a lot of uh, fun obscurities and had a lot of good, very insert credit conversations. But c'est la vie, as they might say. But one of the two of them turned out to have COVID. Uh, I'm still testing negative here, but... That's a danger, so I guess I'm going to update y'all continuously about that. But I've been taking these home tests every day. Demon School's publisher, Isprid, gave me about 20, and I've just been burning through them from PAX through to now, so that's been that's been handy. Today we're going to go, me and Lottie May. Lottie is in town. She's uh, one of the Necrosoft programmers. We're going to go to see the, um, the J-League Soccer Club director. Or perhaps the game before that. Anyway, one of the Sega soccer club directors, or soccer game directors, is making a new 
indie soccer game and uh, we're gonna go see their mocap studio their their small mocap studio that they have so that's gonna be cool and then after that we're gonna go to sega's office and maybe we'll have a little update from the sega office oh another fun thing that happened yesterday was uh the art director from space channel 5 is my friend and so she was who organized all of those things and she she drove here from sua sua is a lake town that's like two and a half hours drive something like that and she was like since i have my car let's go drive somewhere far away and then come back and really the only place i wanted to go was a book off super super bizarre maybe i should have chosen somewhere a little more interesting but i chose one that was on the chuo line so that i could easily get back home to nakano uh quickly but she was like yeah let's drive and um she's the (laughs) slowest driver that I've ever encountered. We were passed by everything on wheels and it took us like an hour and 20 minutes to get there and an hour and 40 minutes to get back. And uh, it takes 40 minutes by train. Uh, so I had I had big plans to finish all my shopping tomorrow, but um, that was thwarted by kindness. Uh, but I did get to get to slash have to speak Japanese for like six straight hours yesterday, which is not something I've had to do in some time. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to shopkeeps I'm having small chats with, like, there was a, a, a neighborhood lady whose dog was barking at some kids, and I had a conversation with her, her about how dogs hate scooters, um, and she was very gratified to talk to somebody who loved mixed dogs over here. They love to have purebreds, but uh, as we all know, as all real people know, mixes are the best, they're the healthiest, they're the coolest, they got quirky little weird personalities, and that's what you want. Mixes the best uh but yeah i hadn't spoken that much japanese in probably like um, a few years so that was good practice for me this turned into like a little little diary but you know i'm out here in japan had to walk around to inokashira park where you go on the sailor moon swan boats talked about japanese politics like an old man i don't know it's fun having an okay time very busy though i gotta head out to where am i going kagurazaka station i've never been to to go see this mocap fella so I'll update y'all with some more stuff, maybe from the inside of Sega, as I, um, I was gonna say take them down from the inside, but that's not what I wanted to, (laughs) as I, um, give them my Goku energy from the inside. All right, I'm gonna talk to y'all later. Bye for now. If you ever wondered what the inside of the Sega lobby sounds like, this is it. It's a bunch of people hitting their little tags on a gate so they can go inside. That's what that sound is. Anyway, we're here now. Lottie and Miyabe from Space Channel 5 and myself. We just took the Sega bus from the train. We were gonna we were gonna just walk, but the Sega bus was there. They don't call it the Sega bus, but it's the bus that goes to Sega and you don't have to pay for it. Um, Lottie, what was your impression of the Sega bus? It was fine. Yep, that's correct. <laughs> it was a bus. And we, when we arrived, there was... Um, I saw a little shrine-looking thing up to the left, and I was like, ooh, Sega shrine. So we left Miyabe here with her coffee, and we went up to look and see about the shrine. And uh, it's sealed off. It's like completely... You can't get into it. There's a stairway that is still existing and fully functional, but they just put a whole concrete wall in front of it. So 
there. Uh, are they keeping us out or are they keeping something else in? That's the question. We're here at Sega. We're going to see if Sonic's here. Uh, we're going to see if Tails is here. Is there anybody that you're excited to see in, in, in Sega? Hmm, Sonic would be pretty good. That's about all I got. I'm basic. We'll see if Sonic's here. If Sonic's not here, we're gonna cause a fuss and break down the wall to the shrine and let the, the demons out, uh, the Sega demons at the Sega shrine. So, that's what we got going on over here. Pretty soon, we're gonna be able to go up there. We have to wait because we got here too early, which is uh, unusual for me. <laughs> um, earlier, I was late because I was just looking at my phone and passed by the stop, the train stop, and I had to go back like a big dumb guy. Anywho, we're here in the Sega lobby. We're waiting to go into the Sega Sega. We'll tell you how it goes. See y'all later. Bye for now. I haven't been updating y'all as much as I would like. You can't tell. You don't know how long it's been. But it's been a little while. I keep having this problem where I say that I'm going to get people to talk, and then later they don't want to. <laughs> people don't want to be on a podcast. It's intimidating to them. I understand, but I got work to do. I got to entertain you people. So yesterday we went to Sega, and uh, unlike Nintendo, Mar uh, Sonic was there. Mario was not at Nintendo, but Sonic was at Sega, so... I guess that proves it. Sega's better Nintendo. That's the end of the discussion. There were a few Sonics. They also had in their meeting rooms. Each meeting room was flavored after a Sega hardware piece or important game or something like there was a super hang-on room. There was a virtual fighter room. The virtual fighter room, they had a couple like figures and stuff and a little arcade machine mock-up which was cool. Um, but then they had a copy of Virtual Fighter for Saturn, and it was like the type of game that you would buy for a hundred yen in the junk box. Like it didn't have the OB; it was sun damaged. It had uh, broken uh, manual cover, ripped manual. Sorry, I'm distracted by these guys uh, banging on pipes outside. I don't know if you can hear the the pipe banging. There's been some construction nearby. Um, in fact, there was, there's been construction and there also was like an accident and cops and yelling outside my window today. So I was feeling very, very at home. Reminds me of, reminds me of Oakland, uh, where we have an accident on our street like once a month. Anywho, Sega was cool. I talked to, uh, Takumi Yoshinaga, who is the, was the design director of Space Channel 5 and... Worked on Lunacy on the Saturn, um, which was interesting. He didn't, I guess that's not a 3D game, so he didn't have to deal with that aspect. I did talk to somebody yesterday who worked on 3D for Saturn, though. Uh, he was the, the J-League soccer guy that I was talking about previously. Um, we talked a bit about 3D on the Saturn, and he was like, oh, it was so difficult, and he like made a, a, a death face motion. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, but uh, we both agreed. I love the Saturn 3D when it's done well because you can really see that people tried and they had to work hard to make this look good. And he was like, yeah, and then the PlayStation came out 
it was so easy to make something basically look good that anyone could make something that was at least visually fine. And so he agreed that the Saturn was cool. Of course, he worked at Sega, so <laughs> why wouldn't he think that? He also worked on a game called Dinosaur Hunter, or Dino Dinosaur Hunting, rather, which is an, an Xbox Japan exclusive, like, pre-Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter-like, which is apparently, according to another friend, pretty generic, but um, I've been trying to hunt that down since I found out about it. He was also... Uh, the director, I believe, of Chase the Express, either direct, the director or um, designer, and uh, that's pretty cool. That's a pseudo Kusoge biohazard-like, Resident Evil-like, but with more of a siphon filter kind of a setting, and you're on a you're on a train, and you're trying to stop some like terrorist event, but it's Resident Evil tank controls. Pretty neat. Anyway, I got way off the rails because I was talking about Yoshinaga at Sega, not the uh, not the J-League soccer guy from previously. He was saying that he also worked on another game called Burning Fist on the Mega CD, and he's like, it never came out, so nobody knows about it. And I was like, oh, you mean this? And I showed it to him on YouTube, and he's like, how is this on YouTube? I was like, well, the beta leaked somewhere, and um, people have been playing it. <laughs> he He could not believe it. He was trying to see if he could find some way to to explain to me what the game was. I was like, "Oh no, I know about it. <laughs> here it is. Here it is on YouTube. It's got twenty thousand views. Here's a, here's a long play on World of Long Plays. <laughs> that was a surprise for him. Um, we hung out in the Sega Cafe for a little while. Unfortunately, they stopped selling the uh, the Mega Drive controller shaped breads that they used to have. And apparently they recently had Dreamcast-shaped bread, but they didn't have that either, Dreamcast controller. I was very disappointed, um, so I didn't get any of that. They have an interesting view. I forget whether I mentioned that from Nintendo's office, from their window you can see Grasshopper and you can see um, Platinum. So from... Sega's office, you can actually see a Sony building. It's not PlayStation, but it's it's Sony, so they got to keep an eye, keep an eye on the competition over there. Uh, I was not able to figure out the mystery of the shrine being sealed off. I showed a picture to him, and he was like, "Wow, you used to be able to go up there." I guess uh, he never noticed that you couldn't anymore. But yeah, I'm pretty sure something's being sealed in there. Sega Demons, probably. Something like that. Alright. Tomorrow TGS starts, for real. And I'm probably going to have a lot to say about that. I'm already tired of standing, and I'm already tired of speaking Japanese. My brain is just... You know, I guess my Japanese hasn't gotten that much worse since the last time I was here. But what has gotten worse is my brain's ability to process it like it's so much more work to maintain speech in another language for me uh, it used to be a lot easier i feel uh, so i gotta get back to school if you ever learned a language keep speaking it that's my advice keep speaking it talk to some people in it I'm, I'm going to start speaking Spanish 
to my neighbors when I get back home. I've been I've been avoiding doing that, but I'm 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 gonna start back up. I gotta I gotta make it happen. Heck. All right. That's my little point of advice from Uncle Brandon. <laughs> uh. Bye for now. Okay, hello. I'm here with Mark McDonald, who works at Enhance and also Asobu and also Super Deluxe. <laughs> and uh, where else do you work? I don't know. Today, uh, those three. But uh, ask me again tomorrow. We'll see. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to ask, since we're here in Asobu in Shibuya. Japan. In Japan, uh, we uh, wanted to ask I don't know, some sort of interesting story about working at Enhance or something related to that, because uh, as as you, the listener, may know, they did uh, Res Infinite and uh, Tetris, Tetris Effect mm-hmm. and the Luminous Remaster, Remaster, yeah, yes. etc. Okay, yeah. I got them all in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. So, okay, here's the best I got. You put me on the spot, but I, I had like a minute to think about this. So, um, Res Infinite. The genesis of that project was Mizuguchi-san came to my old employer, 8.4, here in Tokyo, do a lot of Loken consulting, and they did uh, the physical Undertale. Um, Actually, they did all the console versions of Undertale. Anyway, he wanted to do a Kickstarter because it was like 2012, and Kickstarters were hot. And uh, can I curse on this podcast? Sure, if you like they were hot shit, uh, is where yeah. I was going. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody was doing a Kickstarter. We had just done my number nine, God bless us. And uh, we ran the Kickstarter. We didn't make that game, so yeah. don't blame other people for that. But, <laughs> you know, it killed him that Rez had kept coming out on these systems where it was, like, trapped, as he kind of thought of it, and that yeah. the systems would, you know, quote-unquote, die. Like, not just anyone could go out and see it, and he was so proud of it. And so he wanted to bring it on on PC was the original idea so that, you know, because on PC it kind of like lives forever. And so, but we started talking and then it it took a while for for the talks to keep going. VR stuff started happening, like the first DK1 with Oculus. And of course he was like, yeah, I originally envisioned Res as a VR game. And so we filmed... He made those like two Game Gear screens that you put in front of you. You saw that, yes. Yeah. He was his first year or so at Sega, and this is like 1993, had, was working in the AR, like right out of college, worked on a prototype. You'd almost, you'd call it like an AR device now because it had a, it had a clear display but was um, layering 2D graphics on top of it. And there was no like mesh. It wasn't like reading the room or whatever. It was just displaying 2D graphics on a screen, yeah. but you could see through it. And so he was imagining the types of games with that. That kind of led to Res. He originally saw Res as a big, full-fleshed-out 3D thing. Of course, there was no VR technology at the time, but he was like bought into VR in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we were like, oh, my God, this is actually this is really great timing as well. And we were going to um, film, we did film, the Kickstarter pitch video. It exists somewhere, not only in video form, and um, two-player productions who helped us with the My Number 9 stuff are the ones who who filmed it for us. They were in town for, for, for something else and filmed it. Not only did we film it, we filmed it using a Kinect we filmed it in, uh, we filmed the 3D data. We captured the 3D data at the same time. 
And our idea was, and I still think this is a pretty fucking cool idea, that our Kickstarter pitch video would be 3D. was going to be 3D. a VR. Yes, you could yeah. download and watch the experience of VR. And so we were doing really weird early experiments with like layering live video on top of, I mean, people are still now kind of figuring it out, but people have done well, um, especially our friends in the, in the adult entertainment industry yeah. have figured out various ways of making that happen. But we were like, we used the Kinect and it was amazing what we got and I think would have been cool. He was going to be like, you know, ships from Res were going to be flying past him. and But basically it was going to be too much of a pain in the ass. So we didn't do it. And lo and behold, then PlayStation had their VR coming out and it made sense to launch there first and blah, blah, blah. The, the rest is history. So yeah. yeah, how was that? That was good. <laughs> Neat. Yeah, it, and it also sort of reminds me of like live video layered with 3D graphics. The, mm. f the first console that really did that was the Dreamcast because you could have transparent FMV over, ah. uh, over 3D imagery and it wasn't used very much and not many people know that it happens, but mm. there, you, like, you can layer uh, FMV transparently over uh, whatever. Can any games use that? Yeah, some games like, uh, what is it called? Like Distraga? Not Distraga. Um, God, I can't remember. It started with a D. There, there's, it was mostly like adventure games or games where they had like still screens, but they wanted to do like animations. And so they would just have some CG and they would just layer it on top and stuff. It was, yeah. it, it has a neat look to it that hasn't really been uh, I haven't really seen I love that since, stuff. but I yeah. want more FMV game. Why don't you make some? F will you make some FMV games when you're finished with <laughs> Demon School? I'm gonna think about I it. I want more. I want not not Mad Dog McCree or whatever. I, I want I want new modern terrible FMV games, not uh, not spiritual successors or anything like that. I mean, I did I did go to film school. I do hate making movies, so I could make something terrible. I'm making a motion here, like what the what the hell? Why 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 is this not already happening, man? Yeah, absolutely. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen next is we're gonna make a terrible FMV game. All right, well thanks to you, Mark McDonald. Um, Thank you. And we'll see you probably around TGS, or maybe we won't because we'll all be too busy. <laughs> all right. Bye for now. So I finally got to eat at Gopinatha, the vegetarian Indian restaurant in Nakano that I like. It was tough to get there because every time I went before it was fully packed. She's only letting single people in there, so it was actually pretty funny. Uh, it was just like me and a dapper old man with nice hair waiting outside for the shop to open and then she opened it up and turned everybody else away because it was all couples trying to come in there and she put a big sold out sign and there were just two of us but it was very delicious i feel like it's better every time i go there so no wonder there's a wait on top of that as you may have heard before that or after this depending on where esper puts it it literally sounds like final fantasy 15's cooking scenes in there the frying oil, the hands clanking, the light guitar music, the bird song or whatever. It was just quite the, quite the experience. 
and I'm glad I finally did it right before Tokyo Game Show starts when the relaxation will stop forever well that's it for me I'll talk to you later bye for now well I'm out here Tokyo Game Show day one I'm standing outside near the smokers unfortunately um, just ate some natto roll which I bought yesterday and carried around in my bag for a day hopefully that's fine <laughs> because they closed down the the old there was an old lady who ran like an onigiri shop and s sold some other stuff and that's gone now she had a lot more variety there 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 is something that replaced it but it has less variety and is less good so if you're hearing this somehow if you've if you've uh listened to this and then traveled back in time to the start of the show then make sure to bring some some of your own onigiri out here our booth is stuck like between some concrete slabs if you look at it from the side you can't tell that it exists uh, but if you're coming for some god darn headphones uh, from the direction of the Square Enix music booth then you may see our video game. So I'm hopefully I'm hoping that that's what happens. We're going to see how it goes. I'm not super I have to admit I'm not super optimistic about this show versus versus Pax. Like I'm having a better time here than I did at Pax as you've been able to hear, I'm sure. But the experience of exhibiting at Pax was extremely good and it went over real well. We got our our Japanese demo. This is for Demon School by the way. This isn't the Necrosoft podcast. <laughs> I should explain that I'm talking about how we have a we have a booth here at Tokyo Game Show for Demon School. Isprid, our publisher, got it, and there's two other games of theirs there: World of Horror and No Place for Bravery. And and Demon School is is one of those three. And we're just trying to get some some press and see if people come by and play it. Public day, hopefully a bunch of regular human beings play it. We'll see if our Steam wish lists go up. That's the whole plan, but I'm, I'm feeling a little weird about this one. We'll just see. We'll see if it was a good idea for me to say we're not going to be in the indie corner. That was my, my thing. Like, let's get our own booth. Let's not be in the indie corner. Might have been a mistake. We're going to find out. Talk to you later. Bye for now. Well, we're on the show floor. TGS. It has started, but there's nobody here for us at the present time. That's okay. Uh, eventually it'll pick up. It's a business day, so we're only expecting, like, people we know to show up. Hopefully they will. I got Lottie here. Hello. And we're going to talk about stuff that we did two days ago? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so, so t tell me what you did. You hung out with, um... Yumiko Miyabe, the art director of Space Channel 5, like half of the day and um, had to struggle with language and things. How did, how, how did it go? Where, what did you see? Uh, language didn't actually end up being a problem. Her English is real good. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had no idea because I've never, we've never spoken English before. <laughs> yeah, she, she was saying it was nice to talk to a British person because she loves Sherlock. Right. And so, like, being able to practice, like, British English rather than American English was good. <laughs> and also having a foreign game development friend who didn't just want to hang around in game shops was good. So, yeah, that, that was fun. 
yeah, I, uh, she was like, let's go somewhere. And I was like, okay, we're going to go to book off Super Bazaar. <laughs> I don't know. I probably should have gone somewhere cooler. Oh, well. But yeah, we're, so you went to like... Yeah, we went to Skytree and we had ice cream. Delightful. Yeah, it was um, After that, we went to her ex-boyfriend's curry shop. Yeah, Magic Kobayashi's like, yeah. gallery and hot foods. Gallery and hot spice. Yeah. Gallery and hot spice P. Yeah, because it was named after a... I guess there was like a parking lot nearby and he took this sign the parking lot sign and just use the P from the parking. I don't know. Uh, it was an odd thing. But I get the oddest thing about it was that we found out that it was closing two weeks after now. I mean, it's closing forever. So uh, we were like one of the last customers ever in that shop and it was our first time there. Which is a shame. It was real good. Yeah, it was nice. And it turns out that he actually... Uh, she later told me that she forgot that he used to be a graphic designer uh, instead of a cook. And he did the logo for, like, Res and some other games. He did a bunch of logo work for Sega, which I did not know. I didn't know that, but that's cool. Yeah, so that was good. What else? I don't know. I guess that's it. I've just been, I've just been shopping, god darn. I've been telling everybody about my shopping. That's, that's, that's the boringness. Oh, I guess another nice little thing was that Last night, I went to a, uh, like a game dev hangout, mostly for Western game devs in Japan. They would ask what I do, and I would talk about Necrosoft and Demon School and stuff, and they'd be like, oh, Demon School, I think I heard of that. They probably hadn't, but, um, but then sometimes insert credit would come up, and, and inevitably they would be like, oh, insert credit, I know that, or I, wa I read that when I was 17 or whatever. Uh, the, the, the pipeline of insert credit readers to living in Japan is, is very, very strong. So that was kind of fun. Like, no fewer than four people were like, oh, insert credit, that's right. That's where I know you from. So consider yourselves part of an elite group, listeners. Uh, elite group of weebs <laughs> who, who heck off to Japan at some point. Well, I guess that's all I got. Anything else exciting happening in your life? Um, there are so many Capcom people here, it's kind of scary. It's like a little private military yeah. just wandering around. Oh yeah, you, you, you haven't gotten to see this. So they, they do this thing where they have... They used to be much more booth baby, booth babes, but they just get a bunch of ladies. Uh, there were a lot of them as well. Yeah. A lot of ladies, and they are uh, just all masked. They were all masked together. And they, they do like a lineup in the morning and a lineup at the end to make sure, I don't know, that everyone's there or something. It's like school. Yeah, we saw that. We saw that. Yeah, so we're, we're relatively near the Monster Hunter booth. And so they all have to be prepared for public day when all the big backpack-wielding dudes are going to come down here and play Monster Hunter and then go to the Square Enix music booth. And then hopefully play our video game. The, I, I see our, our volunteer friends, uh, uh, I, I say volunteer, but we're, we're paying them a little bit, they're trying their best to hand out flyers. Uh, it's, our booth is like, from the front it looks okay, but from the side you absolutely cannot tell that it exists. Because we're in this like recessed concrete zone and it's just, it's, it's invisible. Yeah. Got our first customer. 
Oh, we got our first customer. We got somebody. We got him. Okay, it happened live on the show. They're gonna, they're gonna play it. I'm ready. I'm gonna see how it goes. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm gonna watch over their shoulder. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye for now. Okay, hello. Uh, sitting in Nakano with Jun Shimizu, who is uh, was recently actually working on Elden Ring. Can I say that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I did. I did work on it. So. Yeah, so you it did. Is, it is. Yeah, doing the localization coordination stuff. And we just came from a kaiju bar. What was it called? Dai Kaiju Salon. Dai Kaiju Salon. And I was asking the owner about VHS tapes and where to buy them. And she was explaining about the Japanese film industry and script writing and also about how people could try to make things freely. Can, can you tell me some of what she was talking about? Because uh, I got most of it, but not all of it. Oh. It was pretty interesting, though. A lot of people, they like, join and belong to the association or the union. Yeah, kind of. the like, screenwriters yeah, union screen, kind of thing. Yes. Then you get guaranteed, but you cannot do uh, the, the stuff you want to. Yeah, you're just kind of yeah. given work. Yes. So, but a lot of people belong to that. Then if you're a freelancer, you get like more freedom to do whatever. But it's kind of hard to get a job or get a budget. Yeah. Mm. And so we were also talking about like how some people might take they might be making AV erotic films, but they might take uh, their AV budget and make some kind of their own movie with it because they have more freedom. Something like that, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. So that was kind of an interesting conversation. We were trying to figure out also where to find tapes. And there were a couple other people in the bar that were saying that uh, Basically, all tapes, VHS tapes, have disappeared from Japan in the last 10 years. And, like, 10 years ago, people were just giving them away. And now they're expensive because people were just giving them mm. because nobody wanted them at that time. Mm. Right? Yes. You can find them on Merkari or Yahoo auction. Yeah. But they cost much more than... Than they should. should. They should, <laughs> yes. And she, the owner of the kaiju bar, it's, so the bar is full of, like, kaiju characters and tokusatsu, did I say it right this time? Tokusatsu. Tokusatsu. Yes. <laughs> I, I always mess that one up for some reason. Tokusatsu characters and, like, original kaiju that she made and stuff like that. And it's just, like, full of these vinyl characters mm -hmm. and weird suits that you could potentially wear. But the whole place is, like smaller than the room that I am renting right now. Um, and so it's just, it's packed with stuff, which it gives it a really unique character. And also while we were there, they were watching a TV show about like catching people in the act of uh, dumping trash. <laughs> it was like a whole, we were there for like 45 minutes and the whole time it was, it was about like, 
people setting up a sting operation to to catch people dumping trash illegally and then <laughs> confronting them. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, you couldn't see it because no, it was no, the yeah, other side. Yeah, 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 the TV was my. Yeah, I was like, what is what is this show? <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it's a. <laughs> It's really they cool. Usually, they usually play the like the old movies yeah. and like Tokusatsu movies or sometimes like horror yeah. movies. But Not, this I, <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. The, <laughs> the owner of the bar, she's a writer. She does performance. But she also writes oh, movies. I don't think she does. Oh, okay. She, uh, her husband. Her husband does. Yes. Okay, right, yeah. right. Her husband's name is Nakano Takao. Hmm. Yeah, he he's a director. And he now does um screen screenwriting. Writing. Screenwriting. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, um but she does also some kaiju performance. We saw uh, her in like some giant worm dragon <laughs> costume she bouncing does around. She cat fight. Too. Yeah. Cat fight. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. Uh yes. So yeah, we're here in Nakano and you lived here all your life, right? Not all my life, long time. Yeah, long time. from because uh, you were here in high school and stuff. No. No. No, I'm not. No, no, no. Because you I'm, you were talking about uh, your tennis lessons. Was oh, it? tennis! No, no, just a couple of years ago. Oh. <laughs> it's not like my. Oh, uh, I thought that was. Yes. I thought was. I thought that was it's Omukashi. Like, the, like private uh, tennis school. Oh, okay, okay. Which is in Nakano. No, no, San Plaza. San Plaza. Plaza. Yeah. yeah. And you said that they're maybe going to try to tear down San Nakano San Plaza? Yes. Yes. Is it definite? I think so. Oh, I think no. The, when? Uh, I don't know. But so does, will Nakano Broadway go as well? I don't think so. I okay. don't think so. But the, the whole building is really, really old. Yeah. So they might have to do... Renovation. Renovation. Uh, I don't like it. But I I went to see the room um, they were selling. Uh Then they kind of make it really nice and... Yeah, but it won't have the... Yeah, new is not that nice in my (laughs) opinion. It doesn't have the character of (laughs) Nakano. I know. Yeah. Yeah. They Um, have like a rooftop garden. That's nice. But it looks like the... How how do you say? uh, Abandoned. Abandoned. Uh. Really like abandoned park they yeah. had like a little mini mini golf area. is that there now so, now now still oh i gotta check that out yeah nobody's uh, using it i gotta find that so I g- you have to you you tell them that you want to buy the room so they can show you the oh <laughs> the whole building wow yeah uh, but man. they have to take you to the the office to yeah. ask you all the questions. Okay, like how much so you, I, you I can pay. I guess I can't. I guess I can't <laughs> go there. That's too bad for me. Uh, so let's see. Let's also talk about some interesting stories from the past. Cause you, you met Marty Friedman. Oh, of, oh my gosh. Of of Megadeth. <laughs> long time ago. Long long time ago. Uh, uh, can you tell me that story? Eh, oh my gosh, that's like really I know but it's, story. it's it's really interesting it's like oh okay yeah when I was living in LA yeah I was a student there then I was um working at the Japanese restaurant the part for the part-time job mm-hmm. then the other members from Megadeth sometimes come to 
have like lunch and a dinner. Then I became friend with Marty. Then mm-hmm. they're um, in the studio. To then they're recording the songs for the new new album. Yeah. Then they then he asked me that no, it's not really like, decided. I mean, it's just a flash idea. Uh, we might wanna want you to just read some sentence between the song. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, no. Then Megadeth is like my favorite band. Yeah. So I was really it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Then so I went to the studio. Then they recorded my voice. Then they used it. Yeah. In the album. Yeah. In <laughs> in, in Symphony of Destruction. No. No, no, no. Or it, it, or Euthanasia. No. Which one? Which one? Count, countdown, countdown to, to Extinction. Countdown to Extinction. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the most like sold album. Yeah, yeah. Countdown uh, to Extinction. For, for them. Ah, my brain. No, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, it's a long, long time ago. I don't. Yeah. Wanna, I don't want to no, even. Uh, no, I. I t- <laughs> This is the sort of thing that I'm supposed to know, so it's <laughs> it's 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 embarrassing that I didn't remember it was Countdown to Extinction. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, that time I was really like like so excited that yeah. I I could be a part of the like, album. Yeah. But at the same time, I how, how do you say? I'm really regret regret. Yeah, regretting I, what? Regretting that I should have asked. Dave Mustaine uh-huh. to have my name on the oh yeah the that's true thanks list that's true you yeah. should have been in there I was like kind of pretending like oh no I'm cool oh, no big you deal know? yeah yeah I understand yeah I should have taken a picture with him mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway yeah that's really a big and rare experience that I had yeah so if you uh, listen to <laughs> Countdown to extinction, and you hear the the like the the number of uh, deaths is is increasing or whatever about the uh, animals disappearing yeah. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, then that is her. That she she <laughs> did that when she was. You know, I always skip that song because I don't want to <laughs> hear, hear yourself. Voice. No. Ah, uh, but everybody loves it. But my parents are really proud of me. Well, they should be. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Uh, and we we worked together a long time ago, uh, for a while. Mm. That was pretty fun. Mm. Do you remember the name? I keep forgetting the name of the producer who came on later in the project. The woman who was a woman. producer, and she was really woman. She was a woman, and she was very uh, very good. She was like she worked on Sonic games before. I hope she's doing well. I think she she's been well. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. That was now ten or twelve years ago. Oh, something yeah, like that, yeah. or at least eleven years ago that it stopped. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that might be right. Yeah, that sounds good. Yoshida Chie. Oh, that sounds that sounding that's sounding right to me. Um. So yeah, we yeah. sure we sure are here in the later hours of Nakano, where mm. everybody's getting drunk and falling down. A dude just <laughs> fell down. You you missed it, but a dude just uh, and Ozi-san just fell down and yeah. and knocked a sign over. Aww. He's walking oh, away he's now. Okay. He's yeah. He he just put his his hat on backwards, so he's <laughs> he's he's ready to be a cool guy. Yeah, it's it's real Nakano time out here right now. 
slow, I think. It's true. It's weekday? Well, it's weekday. weekday. Oh, weekday. Yeah. Weekday. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's... It, I like this um, Showa kind of area where they have the old lanterns and things. Mm-hmm. It gives a nice... Old style bars, snack. Snakku mm. and uh, karaoke bar, karaoke. and that we just heard some uh, interesting singing. Great singer. We really missed. Unfortunately, I I was I was able to record somebody, but I didn't record the really bad singer, <laughs> who who was so good because they're so earnest about it. They really were trying. They just not <laughs> totally tone deaf. It was really <laughs> delightful. Uh. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I feel like I had a lot more to say, but I, I, I lost it. So let's, I'm, I'm going to let you go to sleep. It's midnight now. It's actually almost midnight exactly. Oh, oh, oh it's exactly zero, midnight. Zero, zero, zero. Yeah, oh. it's all zeros. So, yeah. All right, it was a fun night of, oh, wait, I have one more thing just to tell the, the people listening, which is that, I was talking to one of the other people in the bar cafe, the 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 kaiju place, was he w- was described by the the owner as a normal guy, um, whereas the others were not described as normal. He was a normal guy. This normal guy actually knew a lot about city pop and the the music that I've been buying, um, the records I've been buying. But what was also interesting is. He knew about uh, Ginger Root, who fans of the show may be aware of because I've recommended them in the past. But Ginger Root is like based around the LA area and is does kind of that Showa era music, but uh, from an American perspective. But this guy in the shop was was referencing him casually, like, "Oh yeah, so like." Like, Ginger Root is part of this uh, city pop revival and stuff. I was really surprised that, like, it's now made its way back to Japan. He said that probably not everyone in Japan knows, but I thought that was pretty cool that the thing that we have remade popular in the West has, uh, and then revitalized, has now kind of, like, come back to here and, and people are enjoying the American interpretations of it. I don't know, it's kind of neat and interesting. I did not expect to hear Ginger Root casually bandied about. Uh, so, yeah. I'm going to see if I can find some... Oh, also the the owner of the shop called somebody... There's a lot of sounds happening. Um, <laughs> called somebody... He works at, like, an AV um, shop. Is that right? The guy that mm. she called? Yes. Yeah, so he works at, like, an erotic movie shop. She called him to ask where I could find tapes, cassette tapes, I mean uh, VHS tapes, and he came up with a couple of places. So, uh, I don't know, everybody was so nice. What a, what a lovely place. So, if you're ever in Nakano, I recommend that you go there. Check it out. And uh, that's it. I'll say bye for now. You, you, you want to say bye? Bye bye. Oyasumi nasai. Yeah, oyasumi everybody. <laughs> see you. See you later. Bye bye. Bye for now. I realize I forgot to tell y'all about the one nice thing that happened at Day One Tokyo Game Show, which is that 
the two people that I helped mentor at the Iggy program that you may have heard me talk about, the in Indie Game Incubator, whatever it's called, uh, the Japanese indie game thing that I'm a part of where I, I, I mentor folks. The first two people that I helped mentor came up to the booth at the to my booth at the end of the show and I was like, holy crap, it's you guys. And both of them have publishers. Uh, both of them are on track to release. Uh, both of the games look good. And I'm really pleased. It was nice to see them. They both gave me their flyers and stuff and, and said thanks for your help. And uh, it's cool to see that... I mean, I didn't do that much. I was just like talking to them about stuff and giving them suggestions and things but it's it's just nice to see that the program regardless of my input was able to help them get on a path to success and to releasing their games the 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 games are ninja or die and never awake and never awake realistically i don't think that guy needed any help at all uh um he's his, uh, his last game was good, and his current game is good, and did the end. But regardless, it was fun for me to be involved, and it was just nice to see that they're they're doing well. They're making their video games. They got stands in the in the indie section of the show as well, and it's all it's all coming together. So yeah, it's nice when. Uh, something that you do pays off a little bit and and that's that was the feeling i got out of that so i gotta mention the positive stuff that happens i'm trying to trying to be trying to be positive gotta be positive that's the stuff all right bye for now So day two of Tokyo Game Show is over. I think it was day two. Feels like it was about day 15. Um, and I have here Andrew Kia, who is a freelance writer and who was actually able to go around and look at things at TGS. You say hello. Hello. You've said hello. So yeah, what kind of stuff did you get to see? I hear that you saw the... Um, Ryuga Gotoku, Ish uh, Gotoku Ishin, right? Yes, Ishin Kiwami, the uh, the new remake of the Kiwami game, I believe, came out a, I think about like ten years ago. Yeah, it was PS3. So this is the um, the like Edo period one, right? Uh, it's yeah, Edo period right before the the Meiji Restoration, and the main character is supposed to be uh, Sakamoto Ryoma who's a very important figure to Japanese modern history. Uh, well, the whole thing is that it's not exactly Ryoma, because he's also played by uh, Kazuma Kiryu yeah. of the Yakuza franchise. Yeah. Hooray! So how was it? Because you actually got to play it. It was... Like, was it... Was it Yakuza? Was it... Or it had was... you played the original as well? Because I haven't. So I've only played bits of the the original i played yakuza kiwami zero for like 10 15 minutes uh it, it wasn't really my thing back then 
Uh, and it was pretty much exactly that with a coat of Edo historical, mm -hmm. uh, you know, aesthetic put onto it. Um, I've done a little bit of research into the original game, and it seems like it's pretty accurate, aside from the cutscenes, which are completely redone. The facial animations look really good, as with most modern Yakuza titles that we've seen. So, yeah, I was very impressed. Very good. I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I wish I could have played it. You got to play a Resident Evil Village uh, in VR? Yes. How was that? That was terrifying, because not only was it the first time that I played Village, I played uh, a couple of the earlier, uh, especially the, the remake, the remakes. Um, yeah, like two and three. Two and three. Uh, but I'd never played Village before, and I'd never had a VR headset, and this was the PSVR 2. So it had the, the, the camera that allows you to actually see your surroundings, uh, it had haptic feedback on the, the controllers, and uh, Lady Dimitrescu in the VR is tall. <laughs> like, when you look up, I put, a, I put a photo on my Twitter, but when you look up at her, like, she's actually at, a, like, a 45-degree angle, like, higher than you. It was terrifying. It, I mean, that's what the people want. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is what the people want. And it was the uh, basically the the very beginning scene where uh, Lady Dimitrescu and the the, the three sisters uh, capture you and string Ethan Winters up by his his hands with the with the the, the hooks. Yeah. And the whole thing uh, pretty much played uh, exactly as how I saw it. Uh, you reload the the gun uh, manually with your hands, and you actually have to cock it back mm. to to start shooting. You get a knife too, which is really cool. All both of those things were very, very satisfying. Um, but yeah, it was it was scary. Like you could actually land headshots uh, if you aim properly, which is really cool. Um, yeah, all in all, terrifying experience, and I'm very excited to see. Uh, I need a PSVR, and and I need a, a PS5, unfortunately. But you hear that, Sony? Uh, <laughs> if if you're wondering what those thonking sounds are, we're um we're underneath a highway uh, right now, so that's that's. It's not a highway. We're underneath the. Um, it's like a, o a parking o garage. Yeah, overpass to a parking garage kind of thing, is what's going on. Uh, yeah. So what else? What else did you get to see? Uh, I saw pretty much most of the big stops. I checked out the entire Capcom booth, including the. Uh, the new Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak update that's coming out, I think, at the end of this month, September. Mm. Um, I played Exoprimal uh, for about an hour and a half. I was super lucky because I didn't even get uh, a queue ticket, oh. and I managed to get a seat in at the very end, and they let us play for an extra 30 minutes. Wow. That game was really fun. Uh, it, does it basically play like... Uh Dino Crisis plus Lost Planet, like we're hoping? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, there was multiple classes that you could choose from, and there was different game modes. Uh, there was a 5v5 game mode where you, um, where we actually fought against another team that was sitting across from us. And you, had to pu uh, you had to push this like cube, uh, and if you destroyed their cube first, you won. And then there was a second uh, 10v... Uh, basically PVE uh, mode where we fought against this this huge purple dinosaur 
uh, and we actually wiped once and they let us play again and nice. we beat it on the second try which was really cool but the cooperation in that game uh, was really satisfying I played tank most of the time and I could very much tell that I was like supporting my teammates um, and I was like calling for a healer and the whole thing about the game is that you can uh, basically switch classes on the fly. Uh. Uh, so if I ever needed a healer and there weren't any healers on my team, someone could just switch to a healer class and then, you know, give heals to everyone. So that, that sense of, you know, camaraderie or cooperation, even with people that I've never met before, right, I think really goes to show, I think, how well the, the game is designed. That's cool. Also, the thing about, like, pushing a rock, pushing a cube, and everybody's got to push yeah. a cube and destroy the other cube. It's making me think about, like, a... Um, PvP like myth of Sisyphus. I think he, he's the guy. He, he's the guy that's pushing the rock up the hill, right? Anyway, whoever is pushing that rock up the hill, I'm just thinking about like multiplayer pushing the rock up a hill, and everyone's trying to push their rock up and get everyone else's rock to fall down. Um, uh, we we might have to prototype that now that I've thought about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, what, what else? What else did you play? You, I heard you waited in line for like an hour and a half to play a, a Atelier Mary 3 or which, whatever uh, <laughs> whatever Atelier game I, it was. I play, I waited, I think, 75 minutes to play Atelier Ryza 3 for I, 15 minutes. Uh, and it was, it was okay. It was a, it was an Atelier Ryza game. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I can say. Um, there was, the open world exploration mechanics were pretty interesting, but at the end of the day, it was pretty much an Atelier Rise game. I think I can't really like comment much on that one. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that you had to wait that long yeah. for it. Uh, yeah, tell me about other things that you that were cool. I think or bad. Oh, oh <laughs> Christ! Um, oh, I really, really like so Capcom's also. Sorry, I'm just sounding like a Capcom no, fanboy right Capcom's now. Cool. <laughs> but I played uh, Mega Man Battle Network Two. Oh yeah, so that's a that's a remake, right? Yes, so they're releasing uh, a legacy collection which includes basically all 10 mainline Battle Network games. Yeah, yeah. I played two because that was the one that I played when I was a kid, and it is really, it's exactly how I remember it. It's almost exactly the same. Uh, they did this weird, like... Well, it might, it might be emulated, so it well, might be exactly the same. That's the thing, is I, I, I think it may be emulated but there's this weird high-resolution filter thing that they put on. Yeah. It's almost like uh, upscaling. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you played uh, the Legend of Mana remake that Square Enix released. I looked at it. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, like that. The background textures are like almost muddied a little bit. And the, the, the one issue that I had with that, aside, like everything else was perfect. I, I love Battle Network. Uh, and I think if people played it before and want to play it again and you don't have any way to emulate it definitely give the, the the legacy collection a go but like the one issue that i had was the 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 amount of effort and like care that was put into the pixel art of the original game was kind of just like lost like the high resolution filtered kind of makes it everything too smooth in yeah. a way yeah uh so that was one issue that i had but otherwise that really made my day i think yesterday when i played it well, that's good. Even even with the the crappy filter, I, I'm I'm not a. There's a lot of bad filters going around these days, which is is very unfortunate. I, one funny thing with Battle Network is that um, our game Demon School 
there have been a few people who are like of a very specific age <laughs> who are like, oh, this is just like Battle Network. Because that was like the first tactics-ish game that they played on their GBA as kids. Uh, yeah. I don't see. I played Demon School, and I don't really see the re the resemblance yeah. to be honest. But there's it's like isometric, and it has tactics, and so it, they like, can, and there's like some school stuff that happens, so they yeah, can kind of. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what what else did you get in there? Um, I played. Let me let me think. Uh, All right. Because I played nothing, and this is why you're getting grilled, because uh, <laughs> I got to play nothing. But one thing I did do that I will talk about is that I met the the composer for uh, the Tango Project, or, uh, yeah, Tango Project games uh, for Natsume Atari, so, like, the Pocky and Rocky remake, the Wild Guns Reloaded, and turns out he also just made the original Famicom, Super Famicom music for Pocky and Rocky. He also did the... Uh, like Omega 5 and uh, all those cool games that I liked and he was just there handing out flyers he's just a old old man just a guy just a man who was there hang, handing, out, handing out his flyers in like a tiny tiny little booth I was like what man they, they could have hired somebody to do this but he so he must want to do it I don't know it was cool though I, I took a little picture with him um, yeah what else did you play I, so, at the very first day, at the very beginning, I went to the Square Enix booth, and I played, uh, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy Reunion. Yeah. Pretty good game, uh, I will say. It looks to be, what I would like to say, uh, a perfect remake, almost. Crisis Core is one of the very few Final Fantasy line games that I've completed. I, I've basically... It's like that one and Final Fantasy Fifteen are the only are the only two Final Fantasy games that I have finished. Uh, so for whatever reason, I liked Crisis Core. I think part of it had to do with it being on the PSP while I was commuting, uh, and so it was just like a game that I could get through. But the one thing that bugs me about that uh, that game was that the, all the side quests were random generated dungeons. But the random is in very heavy quotes because it was like, there were basically four types of dungeon and they templates. all took forever and, uh, and yeah, four templates. They, it was like a maze and you didn't get a map and it was just like, you, if you go the wrong way, then you're just like wandering around. It was, th those were not fun. So I'm really curious if there was any hint of what they're doing with those. Probably not, but... So unfortunately, the demo only was, was pretty much limited to the beginning part. Uh, with the the Wu Tai stronghold infiltration at the very beginning of the game, mm -hmm. um, and it went all the way up to uh, a fight with uh, Ifrit, uh, which was really cool. Um, but on your point about playing it on the PSP, I think the good news is, I played it on the Nintendo Switch, so it is available on Nintendo Switch and I think PS Five. Uh, I played it on a Nintendo Switch, and it looks good. Nice. No frame drops that I could see. Uh, pretty much like a solid 60 FPS uh, in every level that I was playing it in, uh, and I, it was, which was really surprising to me because most uh, in Switch games that I played, especially uh, I play a lot of Monster Hunter Rise, um, tends to kind of stutter uh, at some points. Uh, especially uh, a game like Zelda Breath of the Wild, for example, has a, a big stuttering issue. Uh, but I didn't see any of that with uh, Crisis Core, which really surprised me for the uh, the quality of the the graphics that was in the game. 
Nice. I guess they worked on it. Well, that's a good one, because that's one I definitely wanted to know about. I wanted to know how it was. So, I'm actually... I'm probably going to play that one through again. Well, we'll see how far I get. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I guess that's... Unless you got any other big ones that you'd like to mention? Uh, what do you think? Uh, I played a game called... Um Monochrome Mobius, okay. which is a, a game in the, the Utawari Mono uh, series. Uh. Uh, it was in the Happy Net booth, uh, and it was uh, it's it's a shame because it was a very beautiful game, uh, very graphically impressive. I played it on, P- on the PS5, um, but man, uh, a lot of open world RPGs nowadays that just don't really get the open world part right mm. I played One Piece Odyssey 2 and it kind of had the same issue where like there's like this this general formula that uh, that open world JRPGs particularly uh, tend to go with with the command battle system and like a, a big world and there's monsters on the overworld that you can attack to get an advantage in the battle but not much other than that which was a real shame to see. I think there was a lot of games at TGS that kind of fit that bill uh, and kind of just melded in yeah. between. So, like, unless you were a fan of that specific franchise, you wouldn't, like, no one really cared much about it. So. Yeah, it really reminds me of the Xbox 360 days when uh companies in japan were like we need to make a third person shooter for the western audience and and they would just like make something mediocre that they weren't really even into because it felt like the thing that was supposed to happen and i feel like open world is like the third person shooter of the current japanese industry Yeah. yeah like uh games will put in maybe one or two gimmicks that'll give it kind of a uniqueness like in in One Piece Odyssey's case, it was that they had this uh, rock, paper, scissors mechanic that was kind of like uh, Monster Hunter stories. Uh, and also this like strange area uh, mechanic in which um, there's like certain turfs uh, that players would be able to attack enemies in. And if you wanted to attack an enemy in another turf, you'd have to move there to then attack them. Um, but aside from that, again, it was it was your standard command battle system and you choose a special attack every now and then that would do do more damage and yeah like you got to be a one piece fan essentially to to kind of be like ooh this is a reference to to that part of the manga or the anime and unfortunately for me i'm not really that knowledgeable about <laughs> one piece so mm-hmm. i was playing it i'm like man i should just be playing monster hunter stories or, you know something like that yeah monster hunter stories is for kids um <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm still waiting for two piece. Uh, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna come out eventually. We're gonna get. When's two piece coming out? Yeah, when is two piece? See, I'm, I've been making, waiting. Making one piece for two decades now. Yeah, like what is this? A live service game? Let's get. Let's get two piece. All right, so uh, that's it. We're gonna end on that note. The uh, the cops are here. Um, they're doing something. I don't know what they're doing, but they are certainly here. So we're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> they're escorting somebody to some to something. I don't I don't know, but um, in trouble. anyway, we're sitting in, in an area that's cordoned off. So I think that we'll 
we'll mosey along. Well, thank you very much. You wanna you wanna like say your your Twitter handle or anything for people? Yeah. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Kiandrew K I Y Andrew. Um, and you can check most of my my writing on Silicon Arrow. I do daily coverage as well as features. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. Uh, goodbye to you all from this uh, mall in Chiba where we went to go buy Mr. Donut. I forgot to mention that that's what we were here for. We were here to buy Mr. Donut. And now we're sitting under this overpass. And now the cops are here. And so we are leaving. Bye for now. Okay, hello again. I'm here with Cheryl Ng. Is that an acceptable anglicization of your last name? Oh, it's Ng. It's Ng, man. See, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really bad at that particular one. It's, 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 it's not good. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this in uh, to uh, cement my embarrassment. So here we are. Uh, you've been doing translation and stuff for us here and I've, I've talked about this on here a bit but like I'm having a real hard time speaking all this Japanese uh, right now and I'm processing what people are saying and I'm translating it and then I'm trying to think of what I'm going to say and I'm translating that and it's just like multiple processes going on simultaneously so how you speak multiple languages how has how have you kind of compartmentalized to where you can just like accept a foreign language and then spit it back out without having to grind your your brain into uh, dust? <laughs> I think because um, I've been in Japan for at least seven years so that kind of helped me get used to linking a word with the Japanese meaning mm -hmm. so instead of going through a translation in my head it just comes out as a one-to-one -one mapping yeah yeah and what was the, if you can remember, because it was probably long enough ago that you've forgotten, do you remember what it was like getting to that stage? Because I, uh, I was at one point able to listen to things and then speak straight out, yeah. but I, I lost it and I, I'm not really sure how to regain it, aside from perhaps like immersion or something, but uh, yeah, if you can remember anything about that? When I first started, yeah, it was like you translate from English like oh maybe it's this Japanese word is it this word that word it's like when you start thinking in Japanese then you start getting used to outputting directly in Japanese yeah yeah I remember at one point I was having Japanese dreams oh. yeah and when that starts to happen then it's like okay maybe my brain understands how to yeah. process this yeah what is the most difficult aspect of translation finding the best way to make it sound natural because you could probably map each word to a meaning itself but whether that actually makes sense to the native person and whether it sounds natural or not that's the difficult part because <laughs> you're always finding trial and error um, of what phrase would actually make sense in the context yeah that makes sense I've definitely had a lot of times where I'll be like explaining something to somebody and then they'll be like oh this other word yeah. and I'm like oh yeah okay I guess it's that other word now I'm gonna try to remember that but then I usually forget it so how do you log that stuff in your brain uh, <laughs> it's, uh, getting just good memory yeah and repeating it once uh, you repeat it I guess maybe 
five times. You've seen that word at least five times, and maybe you get you automatically switch to that word when mm. you hear when you're looking for that specific translation, maybe. Yeah. And Japanese has a lot of set phrases and stuff, and they're sort of like which ones are popular kind of evolves over time.、Uh, do you find it difficult to keep up on those? Because like I don't know. This this phrase one point advice has like started coming up in the last couple of years, and now everybody's using it. Like, does that does it just sort of naturally flow into your language, or do you have to really try to pay attention to it?、Uh, it depends on whether your immediate social circle use it.、Mm. So, if I hear it enough from the people around me, I start to use it, and I think that happens for the other Japanese people as well.、Um, I hear like. When the people who start to go to work, to,、uh, the shakaijin,、mm-hmm. um, when they join a company, the company might use a lot of English English words,、um, like maybe,、um, mm, like marketing for marketing,、mm-hmm. and the people actually use it to try to describe what they do as a job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.、Um, it's it's. To me, it's like once I hear one of these,、yeah. I feel like I hear it, and then I hear it fifty times、yeah. right after that, and then it starts to get really annoying, and then I don't want to use it. But you kind of have to because it's like it's the fastest it's, way to get to get someone to understand what you're trying to bring, what, what you're trying to say. Yeah, totally. And there's a a phrase that I learned in India,、mm-hmm. and we don't use it in English, but they use it in English. Ooh. And it's、uh, the phrase is "do the needful," which、Ooh. which is basically like just do what needs to be done and、ah. and nothing more. And it's actually like a really good phrase,、yeah. kind of. It、and、shortens what you need to say. Yeah. So sometimes they can be cool.、Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for that. It was、uh, nice talking, and I'll let you all go now. Yeah. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs> Okay, now is the long-awaited time when we talk about all the video games that I bought. Was what people have been requesting. So it's happening now, and we've got Paul O'Leary McCann. Is that is that how、That's、I would、right. say your name?、That's、okay,、right. yeah. Who is、uh, does AI things and has lived here for a long time and helped helped me exhibit Gunsport like five years. five years ago. Yeah, I think it's probably been five years since we did the Gunsport thing. Oh dang. <laughs> But you got it released, so that's good. Yeah, we got that released. Now we're doing hypergunsport. So we're gonna talk about video games. We got a lot of. I got a lot of monos here. There's a lot of stuff.、Um, I don't know what we. Should, we should, there's a huge pile. <laughs> Let's just look at some of these. I picked up this、um, Gunpei for PlayStation because it was originally a Wonderswan game, and I just found it very odd that it came to PlayStation and. Uh, it's still Bandai, obviously. They added characters and stuff. I don't know. Have you? Have you?、Uh... Yeah. So I actually、um, got interested in Gunpei recently, since it was one of the last things、um, made by、uh, Yokoi Gunpei, the Game Boy guy.、Um, and、uh, this is supposed to be okay,、um, but the last versions they made were the PSP version and the DS version. Oh right. Both interesting in their own way.、Um, like the, I think the PSP version in particular had a lot of interesting music,、um, and I started playing it to like figure out. The game because I never played it before and it, it was a little bit too hard for me.、Um, mm-hmm. But、uh, it does have a lot of the like like nineties J-pop aesthetic. So like if you if you,、uh, like I've been playing Suzuki Bakuhatsu recently, 
Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and it has the same kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I forgot about the PSP one, and I believe it had a Tate play so that you could, like, play with the variable. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, I think so. I might be making that up. I don't know. Anyway, Goonpei for PlayStation 1. I got the PS1 one. Uh, I believe I have the other one oh, somewhere. Only 1,200. Only 1,200 yen. It was a cheap, cheap purchase. This here was not a cheap purchase. Um, we're not going to talk about okay. how how many Henmi yen dollars it cost, but a lot cheaper now because of the exchange rate. We'll say. I got Blast Wind. I got Blast Wind for the Saturn finally, and uh, they they like took it apart to make sure that I could uh, confirm everything in there. And because they, they, you know, when you when you're spending a certain amount of yen dollars on a Saturn game. Um, right. Then it becomes so. Blastwind is is a shooter from Technosoft, and it's 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 just expensive because it's a shooter on the Saturn. But it's one right. of the ones that was later, lower p- print run, etc. Um, but mm-hmm. it's uh, what's what special? Does it have like a special bomb or option system or something? Uh, probably. If you if you don't know much about this one, when do you want to get this one? Are you collecting all shoot all like Saturn shmups or something? Yeah, like there okay. there's there's like five that I don't have. Maybe okay. actually maybe now four. Okay. Do, um, do you have is, is Radiant Silvergun on the Saturn? Yeah. Do you have it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Radiant Silvergun is one that I bought in a lot with oh. a Psychic Killer Taromaru, which is like a two thousand dollar game right now. Okay. Um, and Steam Hearts, which is also okay. a pricey game, and and I managed to get all of those three with an eBay discount and uh, talking to the person discount mm-hmm. for seven hundred dollars. Wow, okay. which is still a lot of money, but is roughly like a fifth of the current. Okay. Right. Was that recent, so, or was that a long time ago? It was. Uh, I guess it was like five years ago now. Okay. So it's, it's it's long enough ago that um, the price is now irrelevant, basically. Okay. Um, uh, just quickly, I got Runabout, uh, which is a climax game, and it's like a open world ish um, car game, and you could like uh, smash things, and it's got a soundtrack by the Surf Coasters, which is a okay. Japanese surf rock band. So that's pretty cool. Sounds cool. Um. What else we got? We got, um, I don't need to talk about this one. This, this one, I don't know what the heck it is. It's, uh, Ark the Lad monster game with casino game. And it's got really cute graphics and it looks really nice, but it is clearly saying that it's got two discs with Ark the Lad casino game. And they, but I don't see any casino on the back here. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not big, not a big reader. So I can't really tell what's going on there. So it looks like you can share your data and play against friends. Okay. Um, and so the, the second disc is the casino game. Um, okay, so okay, so on the first disc, I think uh, there's a there's a like theater mode, so you can view every line in the original Ark the Lad. Okay. Um, I like I, I don't know much about Ark the Lad. What is the monster game? Do you know what that is? I don't know because uh, Ark the Lad is like a tactics RPG. So like, w- what is this? I don't know. So it, it looks like you can use all the monsters that became uh, that like became your companions in the original game and play with them in a new way. Um, I don't know what that means. All right. But... Well, I'm going to find out eventually when this is in my house. Uh, so that's going to be good. Oh, quickly, I just want to run through. I, bu- I bought like a stack of junk uh, dojin games okay. at Beep. And a lot of them, Beep is, uh, for those who do not know, it's like the uh, the PC shop that is in Akiba. And they also do software releases now. And they worked on, for example, Cotton Remake. I think not Cotton Rebirth, but Cotton Remake. Um, anyway, I got this shooter, um, which is called Another Apocalypse. I don't know anything about that, but there's this um, Battle Azumanga game, which is like 
a bunch of weird pseudo 3D running around and knocking soccer balls around and stuff, and everybody's chibi, and it looks pretty cute. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in this one. I don't really know. I, I, I wait, what circle made it even? It's, uh... Little Space Software. Oh, yeah, Little Space Software. I don't know them at all. Um, I got Parties Breaker. Uh, long, long time fans of the show will know about Parties Breaker. This is Queen of Heart 2001. It's the sequel to Queen of Heart 99, which was a great game, and this one is, uh, also there. Uh, and I got Drill Girl Spirit Nami. Uh, sorry, Spiral Nami, which is some sort of a versus puzzle game, uh, starring somebody, and it's got pornography in it, um, which <laughs> I, I don't need that part, but it's in there. Um, 2002. 2002. Yeah, these these are all from that, like, golden era, uh, except for this one. Um, the Another Apocalypse is from 2009, but th- these are all from, like, that, that uh, just getting out of Windows 98 and then Windows 2000 era, so... A uh, lot of hot stuff. They're all junk, though, so they might all br- be broken and not work at all, but I'm excited about it. Anyway, yeah, I don't know what this is. I got some... This is some sort of... Uh, it's a game. Yeah, it's, it, but it, it says action role-playing movie, so they're calling it an ARPM, uh, and it sort of looks like a first-person shooter, but it's got a lot of weird nonsense in it. Um, it's for 3DO, which is... Yeah, I want to... There's a lot of weird... You got this at Friends? I got it at Friends. Yeah. Friends still exists? Friends still exists. I was just talking about this on here (laughs) earlier, but like, so Friends used to be cool and small, and then it got to two floors, Mm -hmm. and they got weird, Yeah. and now they're back to one floor. Okay. And they're cool again. They're cool. They're cool. Did the staff change? No, the staff is... It's like... When it was... Because I also experienced this. And if you look at, like, even the, the, like, public reviews on, like, Google Shops or whatever, you see that, like, some people go in and there is... There's, like, an old woman and a middle-aged guy. And sometimes the middle-aged guy just decides to yell at you. Yeah, like, so so <laughs> he... That's her husband. And he doesn't... Oh, I, okay. I thought it was, like, a, a mother and son. Oh, maybe... Oh, actually, that's that possible Some people as well. said that that was the case. No, you yeah. might be right. You might be right. Maybe he's the, the son. I did also see her husband there. Okay. At some time. But anyway... Neither of the men were cool, and okay. they aren't there anymore. Oh, okay. That's yeah. great. Yeah, so it's just her, and she's super nice. In fact, she, uh, I don't know if I fully described this in the show, but she, I didn't have enough money, and mm-hmm. I, I know I said that. I didn't have enough money to buy what I wanted, but she, like, oh, I did say this already. All right, it's fine. I'll, I'll say it again. She, like, um, she kept it for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Until uh, the next day, and she, like, had me sign my name on the back of her seat and stuff, and I, I made it weird somehow, and she was surprised, but whatever. She she held it for me and recognized me when I came back, and, like, that's the, that's the friends of old. She is okay. like, she's like, okay, you're going to make this purchase, even though there's all these other Caucasians in here trying to buy <laughs> things, I'm, I'm going to hold this for you to come back tomorrow and oh, so wow. you know that's nice oh, that's nice i have to actually check it out so again. the old I friends is back but i didn't want to go back yeah no you should you should check it out because i think it, i think that i think soon it will be gone for real okay yeah because now that they're back down to one floor they're just like selling out the rest of what they have but there's like a lot of deals there right now hmm. here is a sealed pc engine game that i bought for a thousand yen so that's like eight bucks um it's just f1 simulation project but it's like a you know it's a it's a uh, it's a laser soft Nihon Telnet game. Um, it's sealed. It's a thousand yen. Wow, that's that's pretty. It's pretty cheap. But another F one game over here, uh, which is also sealed, also from friends. Nine hundred fifty yen. Yeah, I got. I went. So I, we went to uh, me and Lottie, who's a, a Necrosoft programmer, mm-hmm. went to the Book Off Super Bazaar 
that okay. is near um that's the eight three building they have it's the one no it's not the it's not that one this this there's many super bazaars but this one is but wait where's that eight story building oh no wait, i'm thinking of the uh, the surrogate building oh okay um, surrogate has a tiny building that's actually it's like the, the footprint is very small but yeah. it's like eight stories tall and it's all just surrogate um and that's near beef all eight stories are surrogate yeah and the, the retro pc games are on the top floor son of a heck <laughs> all right well I'm, i'll go back there on sunday <laughs> Cause I uh, I really thought it was just the ground floor. That's that's the one that has the basket out front with like the Pokemon plushies. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. What a fool. Okay. Well, I'm glad I know that now. Uh, I bought um Super Idol graphic Mahjong. <laughs> so this is like FMV Mahjong. Um, this is a PC Engine Hue card game from Games Express. Mm-hmm. So Games Express is from. They're a, they're a Taiwanese basically pirate game company that were <laughs> making their own Hue cards with their own tech and uh, they always put adult stuff in there. But it's just I don't know. This was much cheaper than I usually see these, and it's not like I really want a strip mahjong game, which is what this is. But I like mahjong. One of the ladies has a little dog. Oh, I mean, cool. I mean that's cool. Is the dog wear clothes? The dog. I don't see a collar, oh, so <laughs> so the dog is also nude. Uh, oh, I'm you afraid. Got this. Oh. Yeah, I got I got the uh, the the maid and and machine gun. Yep. Which I had I don't know. It used to be expensive, the made machine gun. But okay, I was actually looking at getting this, and it was like two thousand yen when I was looking at it. Yeah. So now it's even cheaper. Yeah. Now it's uh. it's four eighty yen. So like at four eighty yen, how can you resist? It's the made machine gun. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this. Uh, first of all, I'd never heard of Easy nineteen eighty as a series of like. I never. I th- easy nineteen eighty is like simple two thousand. Right. But. They, it's not from 1980 because it's a PlayStation 2 game. Yeah, no. So it's it's it's, like it's, what? it's the price. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's 90. It's like so. This is actually a different cheaper. company. Yeah. So it's it's uh, Aki Corporation. No idea. Never heard of them. But uh, anyway, the game is uh, Def Jam Fight for New York, mm-hmm. and these Def Jam games in America have been getting extremely expensive. Like you can't you can't get these. Uh, Def Jam fighting games for less than $150 now. Is that because they weren't produced in large numbers or like... It has been very difficult to discern why, but okay. it, it, it's become popular on YouTube is one thing. Uh, and then I thought they were produced in large numbers because it's EA and all, but I right. don't know, for whatever reason, maybe it's just like hard to find complete. I don't know. Right. But uh, anyway, because it's expensive, I, I've i become interested in it. I see. And so, uh, but the Japanese version... It was like it was like nine bucks, okay. uh, so I just I went for it. I'm curious to know if the music's going to be the same, or if they're going to have different stuff. I assume it's going to be the same, but still, still interesting. Um, see, I got Delongrisser FX, which is a PCFX game that I had been wanting to get, um, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it anywhere here, and so my buddy ordered it for me on Mercury. Oh, okay, Medicati. Yeah, yeah Medicati, and he got it to his place and uh and now i have it and i also got cutie honey for pcfx which for some bizarre reason i can't figure out has been rising astronomically in price um and it's just it's like another of those kind of like fmv fighting game thingies uh but it's made by data west which is a company i like wait is an fmv fighting is is like a like a like a Street Fighter style fighting game? Like... No, it's it's like you have characters and you do moves and then mm-hmm. they perform them with full motion video. 
So it's okay. it's it's like it's really like a choose your own anime ish. Oh, so it's like Time Girl or um or Time Gal. It's like Time yeah. Time Gal, but more like battle. But it's not all the way like Battle Heat. So it's somewhere in between uh like a Time Gal and a visual novel and Battle Heat, something okay. like that. Huh. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think why that would be popular, but there's not like a new Cutie Honey property, and it's not like Nagaigo died, so I'm not sure why it would. Yeah, it's that. just it's just the. <laughs> The, any game console where there is a low number of titles mm-hmm. is something that you can, where you can collect them all. Right, yeah. And PCFX has, I believe, 64 games. Oh, is that? Okay. And so, like, the ones that were in slightly lower print runs are just mm-hmm. inevitably going to increase. Or the ones that are more game-like. So, like, mm-hmm. there's one shooter, which I actually did buy it somewhere in this pile. <laughs> uh, and then there's, like, a action platformer fighting game thing which is really cool and i will never be able to afford that one um so yeah that's what's going on with that uh i also got minimum nanonic for pcfx it's really cute honestly i do not know what this game is there's not a single screenshot on the back yeah i think that it has it uh, all they talk about in the back is like the 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 ova and how the opening animation is in here and i don't know the reason i bought it is because well first of all it's a pcfx game i don't have but also Mm. The price on this one has been rapidly going up mm-hmm. as well for reasons that I do not understand. And so this, I bought this one for about 4,000 yen, and that's about half of what I had been seeing it for elsewhere. Okay. So uh, this is one of those yeah, things. So I'm just going to say, this is so this is from Andrake, and they have an ABC rating grade for like a couple of categories. And I've bought stuff from Andrake where it's been marked like C, and it's like there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah, and again, yeah. And this, like, this is marked B for both of the categories. And it looks flawless. Yeah. I mean, it's it's possible that, like, the there could be a slight amount of sun damage or something, right? Like, it, it could be a little faded or something. Right. I don't know. Uh, it's a big mystery. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, we got we to gotta watch your last train here. Oh, yeah. We're at 11.35. All right, I got 30 minutes. Okay. Um... Yeah, that's that's some fun extra Thank news for 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 you on on the show. We're watching out for the last train because it's eleven thirty-five. Um, okay, stray sheep. I don't remember why I bought this. I bought this because no, I know why I bought it. I bought it because somebody on the insert credit forums. I remember that too, and I was looking at buying it for the same reason because it's an adorable like low poly game, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember anything else except for they showed the graphics of it, and I was like, heck yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I have it. <laughs> so thanks to whoever posted that on the Instagram credit forums, I uh, put it on my list and I went out and bought it. Um, now here's one I, I embarrassingly purchased at uh, Super Potato, mm-hmm. uh, but it is a shooting game that I had never heard of. And I'm looking at the the back. There's three screenshots, and the background is identical in all three, and the ship <laughs> is in the same position. <laughs> okay. Take take a look. I I don't know. I don't know so what technically this is. there are two other screenshots, but you're right about the no, three the, screenshots. Yeah, the, the, the right. other two screenshots are so, CG. So we have so. It, it's you're like you're flying over a big city and there's highways, and in one you're shooting a laser, and another you're shooting multiple lasers, and in one there's like a giant flaming Buddha. Yeah. Um. Uh, but but the but the background has not scrolled. It, yeah, it hasn't changed. And the character and the player character has not moved. Maybe that's the game. Maybe it's a one button shooter. It might be a one button shooter. I have. I don't. Also, it's called. So you know what Tsutenkaku is, right? I don't know what Tsutenkaku. That's the tower in Osaka. Oh. Um, but it's a pun here. So uh, Tsutenkaku is like written with. Um, I I guess it's different kanji, but here in English it's written two, like the number. Yeah, T W L. Tenkaku, and so 
And you can so actually you can see this looks like the Osaka Tower on the Yeah, 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 I see now. So yeah, so um near future Osaka people um use near future Osaka as the stage for a near future Osaka shooting game. They say near future Osaka shooting. so I I don't know what's going on, but it's some kind of Osaka in joke. Uh man. Yeah, I bet it's like some in joke from like specifically from nineteen ninety six or something like that that every or nineteen ninety five, which is when this came out. That I guess everybody probably knew about at that time. Uh, I don't know. It was in the shooting section, and I'd never heard of it. It's on PlayStation, and I was just like, I don't know, man. Let's go for it. It wasn't that much. Um, speaking of things that are not that much, here's the opposite. This is uh, this is Mad Stalker Full Metal Force, which is... So Mad Stalker was originally on the Sharp 68000. Then there was a release for the PC Engine arcade card. And then... Uh, there was this PlayStation 1 remake, which completely remakes that game. And then more recently, it got released on Mega Drive because there was a finished version of it for Mega Drive. When you say more recently, do you mean when the Mega Drive was like... No, no, no. I mean like like a year ago. Okay. And so was that like official or was it... It was official. Wow. Yeah, because FamilySoft um, is, has kind of... Opera House has taken over all the FamilySoft properties. I think mm-hmm. it's original FamilySoft people. And so they're who's making a new Oscar game also. Oh, okay. uh, and so they released it along with, um, it, I think it was Strictly Limited released it in the West and they released it themselves in, in Japan, the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, all the versions of this game have become incredibly expensive and it's ridiculous. And okay. so this game, which I bought also at Friends, is uh like half the price of what wow. i've seen elsewhere wow so it's a big half yeah it's a big half though uh but you know with that exchange rate yep it's not now so it's bad time. so anyway um that that's i now i have mad stalker full metal force and i have all the mad stalkers except the sharp 68000 one which i'm not going to buy okay. uh so the end i also got thunder force gold pack 2 for less than it's usually selling for mm. Uh, that's on the Saturn. Thunder so Thunder Force Gold Pack 2 has Thunder Force AC, which is the arcade game, and Thunder Force 4. And uh, the nice thing about this one is that you can uh, play as the like the arcade ship in 4 and the 4 ship in arcade. And so they, the, oh, okay. But recently they did a re-release that allowed you to do that elsewhere. So mm-hmm. whatever. But I still got it. Still got it because it's cheaper. Uh, I got Zero Gunner 2. Zero Gunner is a helicopter shooting game from Psycho, mm-hmm. and it's fun because you kind of like you aim the ship, but the 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 bullets kind of trend toward the center, and so oh, it's more okay. like you're swinging the ship around. So it's like pretty... you have a fixed aiming reticule, but you you sort of move around that. Yeah, yeah, huh. which is neat. Uh, and and you do have some free flight within that, but uh, yeah, it's 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 neat and weird. About the Last Blade Final Edition. On Dreamcast, I don't actually know if that's different, but this is the Playmore release, not the SNK release. So it's like oh. SNK released it, and then Playmore re-released it, and they called it Final Edition. I don't know if there's... I honestly don't know if there's anything different with it. But it looks like there's... So I'm not familiar with Final Blade. Is this a fighting game? Uh, Last Blade. Last, Last Blade, Blade. Okay. Um, Last Blade is a fighting game from SNK, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's 
widely the renowned. Looks like it looks like it's mostly about Hanafuda. It does look very Hanafuda, and so I wonder if there's some. I, it looks like there's some illustrations you can unlock and stuff. So it's like this game has three features. One of them is like uh, one of them fighting, and one of them is Hanafuda, and one of them is art. Um, yeah, ma- so so maybe the Hanafuda thing is what was added for this. I actually, I'm I'm showing my ignorance here. Somebody's going to be yelling at me and being like, "Of course, that was in the other original game," which it might have been. Um, it wasn't in the Neo Geo game, but it might have been the in the original Dreamcast release. And okay. the a lot of the SNK games of this era on Dreamcast had extra weird little mini games in them, mm-hmm. and uh, so this has one as well. And I was excited about it just for having the weird Playmore logo and a different cover. And I just hadn't seen it, um, so I got it. It was also cheap. Uh, I got Pocket Fighter for PlayStation One because this has a um, what is it like a character creation mode? Oh. Something weird. Uh, check it out. It's it's only on the Japanese version of the PlayStation game. Okay. It's got some kind of thing that. Yeah. I'd... So it says that um like uh the skill of Pocket Fighter and or like a Pocket Fighter for skill and uh, uh like make a fighter for your head like use your head. Um, and so those two games are put together in here. So I don't know what the Make a Fighter. Yeah, so it's it's just a mode. So you can you have like a create a character kind of mode. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's like you know, it's not like you can make the sprites or anything. But mm-hmm. it's just like you can. Oh, you take a personality quiz and it uh, it makes a character for you based on that. Yeah. You can get a character that matches your personality. That's the one. That's why I wanted it because I wanted to take that personality quiz and see what my character was. <laughs> And I didn't want to spend $50 on it, which is what um, it is when you try to buy it on eBay. So uh, I bought it for uh, about half that price. Um, Here's Planet Laika, which is just just bizarre. It recently had a uh, Western translation, uh, English translation. It's a 3D, like, walk-around action-adventure thing where, like, Laika, the original space dog lands on the planet and then evolves into like a humanoid yeah, she looks so you, like a furry yes yeah, so you got like you got like these furry uh humanoid dog characters and they have weird adventures that occur and pre-rendered backgrounds and it looks really neat and weird and i wanted it for a long time and now i have it uh here's a pat labor game i love pat labor the end there you go <laughs> <laughs> i also bought this uh mark of the wolves play more version uh also from friends and it has some series illustrations and an art gallery. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know that it's actually different, but it has a completely different cover from the SNK release. And so these these like these Playmore releases are a little weird to me and a little new. So I just so, um, SNK became Playmore right before the Dreamcast stopped making games. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. So SNK was bought by Playmark kind of at the start of the PlayStation. Sorry, start of the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. But um, it took a while to transition the name out, and then right. they well, were wasn't like Playmore just like a like a not a tax dodge, but like a, like an artificial entity to move control, right? It was to take control back from Odyssey. Okay. Um, but they had the, uh, I don't know, they had like a lot of weird transitionary stuff. And my guess is as the tax dodge, the, well, not tax dodge, I don't know, whatever, tax shelter mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. they probably had to release a certain amount of games or something. I see. They and had to like show that they were a separate entity. Yeah. And so they uh, put out these re-releases and maybe added a couple little things, but I'm not 100% sure on that, and so that's why I bought okay, these. But these were all released in like a couple of year window. Yeah, it? yeah. Yes, for sure. 
Wait, what, what is this Grandia thing? Oh, this Grandia thing. Yeah, this Grandia thing is... I don't 100% know. So we got like a little drama CD. Okay, so this is, this is a Grandia book? So you know about the Grandia art book, right? Yeah. So there's the Grandia art book that is like $200. It used to be $200. Now it's like four to $700. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a different book. It's like a magazine. It looks like it's like eight pages or something with a tiny CD. And so it says, uh, so you enjoyed this after you open it. Um, and it, it, there's no subtitle. Yep. Yeah. I have no idea what this is. I, um, that is why I bought it. I did not know what it was. I had no idea what it was and it was 950 yen and it was at Friends and I was like, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to find out later. <laughs> <laughs> like this, the back just is like it's like generic ad copy for Grandia, and it has a list of the staff, but it doesn't have a list of like what this is. It kind of feels like. Oh, here we go. Uh, so on the CD in small print, it says um, "Yoyaku Campaign Tokusei CD." So if you reserved Grandia, this uh, is the special CD they made for reservations. So this good. is probably a bonus if you reserve the game. Wait, um, now, so here's something upsetting. I reserved the game mm-hmm. in America. Where's my free CD? <laughs> I guess I just bought it right now for 950 yen. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I reserved the original game. God darn it. Dad gummit. Uh, well, now I've completed my destiny. So think about that. Game arts. Game set match. Uh, here is um, Tetris with card capture Sakura. This also I bought because of an insert credit thread where it was like... Did, did someone do all the Tetris variants or something? I think this actually came up in the games I just learned existed, or like uh, old okay. games I just learned, and I didn't know that there was a Tetris game with Card ca- Capture Sakura where you you, ha- you play as the characters, and I mm. think you have, like, special attacks and stuff. Yeah, so it says the clo- the clow cards come out. Yeah. What, what, what are they called in English? Are they still clow? I think clo- they're clow cards. Clo- I okay. think so. We got uh, Shin Megami Tensei Nine. That is the dream... Uh, sorry, Dreamcast. Um... People do call the Xbox the Dreamcast too sometimes, but yeah, they do because because so like when the original Xbox came out, all of the canceled Sega games went oh, to Dreamcast. Okay. So like you got your Gun Valkyrie, the Outrun games went there. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the Jet Set Radio moved over there. Oh, okay. Um and uh, but yeah, so I got Shin Megami Tensei Nine here finally, which. Um, it's cheap when you buy it in Japan, but it's hard to find. Mm. It's expensive when you buy it I mean, in America. I Xbox games at all. No. Right? So. Yeah, so I had to get this at a... Oh, it was tra- at Trader. I used to see it at okay. Book Off all the time. But yeah, it's it's just the, the SMT that's exclusive to the original Xbox in Japan only. So, wow. uh, you know, you kind of got to have it. Um, I got Taito's Side by Side, um, which is a drifting game, uh, which is why it's called Side by Side, which is a pretty fun name. Side by side special, and you can drift in a Honda Civic, and so that's why I bought it. Cool. Um, I got Tatsujin, Tatsujin on the Mega Drive. So this is a game that had a re-release somewhat recently, and I believe that's why the prices went down. Oh, okay. It used to be twice the price of this, mm-hmm. uh, but then after I bought it, I saw it for two thousand yen cheaper. Oh. Now I feel like a, a big doofus. Um, but <laughs> Tatsujin is the um, Toplan shooting game where the bomb is a big skull face. Oh, okay. And uh, so that's cool. You, that's you can why the see cover is that's, like that, yeah. that's why the cover has that big skull on it. Uh, okay, so I did. So I've never bought a mini before, but I actually reserved the um, the upcoming uh, Mega Drive Mini too. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be on there. Yeah. Get it. So that's another reason that this should be going down in price. Um, I got 
I got Cosmic Smash for the Dreamcast, which um, I don't know why they put it in bubble wrap, actually. It wasn't in bubble wrap before, and I didn't realize that they did this. Um, what a weird thing to do. But yeah, it's in bubble wrap now. So Cosmic Smash is a, it's a squash game. Okay. Um, like the sport. The sport squash. And it has really stylish cover. And uh, it's we, just white. we should take here, t- take it out of the thing. Okay. Um, because it's, it's mostly white, but it's actually like a translucent, not transparent, but translucent plastic. Oh yeah, I can see, like I can see the disc through it. Yeah, so it's it's like it's, it's like, like frosted. The center of the disc. Yeah, and so the so like the the center of the disc is kind of like the ball representative there, and it just has a really cool looking vibe, and it comes in a DVD size case. Right. And. It has just, this is another one that has been skyrocketing in price, and I was just like, it's now, it's now or never. This used to be, you would see this frequently for like a thousand yen, mm. and now it's literally 11 times that wow, price, okay. um, and this is the cheapest I've seen it, so. Pull off wicked shots with the trick smash. I probably will. Yeah? I probably will. I probably will pull off wicked shots. Um, we got Spawn for the Dreamcast. This is a Capcom Spawn third-person shooter, four-player arena deathmatch. Oh, um, which means, does it have a story mode or is it just the deathmatch? It's got a story mode. It's a weird game to even exist, and uh, it did come out in the U.S. as well. But that version is well beyond my reach at this yeah, point. This, this looks like it predates Tomb Shaders. They, d- I mean, there were or some. They're not using it here. Yeah, they're um, just not using it. There, there were some. Um, but I mean, like based on the spawn style and the cover, it seems like that would be what they would. Yeah, use. I think they were they were really deliberately trying to go like American gritty. Mm-hmm. But then they wound up turning the colors all the way up and super saturating it. So okay. it it actually looks really cool, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on in it. Uh, what else we got? We got Pachipata 12. So these Pachipata games, uh, I don't know if you know about them. Yes, I know um, Iotenki. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he talks about how they're interesting or how he's like followed them. It's like an RPG, but you play Pachinko instead of fighting monsters or whatever. So. Yeah. So I first found out about this series from... My buddy Chaz, who uh, forum members will know. And it's basically using the Zetai Zetsumetoshi engine, which is Disaster okay. Report, etc. Uh, uses that engine to take this, this um, basically, Pachi Slot game. And so you have one tiny screenshot of the Pachi Slot game on the front. Mm-hmm. You can see. Right. And then when you turn it to the back, it's entirely <laughs> this this full rpg about a guy who's trying to make money and live his life through pachinko um and it just shows screenshots of like this yeah, story it's about mode. like a murder case yeah and it, and it's it's like the fur they kept getting further and further away from the pachinko slot this thing is just for people who can't see the box so the front is a girl in a bikini on the beach like frolicking which is what you see when you play the pachinko games in the series or the, the like one yeah. of the series and the back is this guy walking this like rundown old-fashioned Japanese street or, like, standing in an empty gray pachinko parlor. Um, and also it's about, like, there's this murder case that you're going to get wrapped up in. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it's no just, bikinis. <laughs> no bikinis. No bikinis back there. It's, uh, it's, I love that. I was actually talking about this sort of thing yesterday where, um, oh, you got to go. Yeah, it's good. It's okay. Well, we're going to talk about what I was talking about yesterday some other time because it's time to go. It was fun to talk about video games for a long yeah, time. it's been great. I got... Way more video games here that we're not going to talk about. But thanks, thanks for being here. You want to say yeah, goodbye, thank to everybody? You for having me. It's been great to be on here and be able to talk about all this stuff and see. Like, I'm really curious what the, is actually inside the Grandia thing. Yeah, I'll uh, let you know. I'll let you know when we get there. Uh, cool. All right. Thanks very much. 
Talk to everybody later. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Well, that's the danger of Last Train, ladies and gentlemen, and others. Because uh, we ran out of time to talk about my video games. Got plenty more to talk about. And I realized I was kind of rushing because I wasn't talking about what kinds of games a lot of these were, like Mad Stalker, for example, is a 2D side-scrolling mech game with fighting game elements. So it's like you do quarter circles and uh, hadokens and stuff. It's pretty good. It's a good one. And the, the PlayStation 1 remake is very flashy and weird and has extra zazz to it. I'm realizing the likelihood of their remaking that game is, or at least re-releasing it, is somewhat high if they've gotten the rights to that property back. Maybe, maybe there's something weird with the PlayStation 1, but like, maybe they're going to re-release that and it's going to get way cheaper. But ultimately that's good. It should get cheaper. Let everybody play it. God darn. There were some other weird games I was going to talk about. I'll do it some other time. I do want to talk about what we did before we got here. We um, we hung out at a bar. I was trying to go to the bar that I like out in Nakano that is the 80s J-pop bar where they play 80s J-pop on request. I feel like I might have mentioned it the last time I was doing one of these even, possibly, but it's a nice place and you can hear good music, but unfortunately today it was rented out, and so I wasn't part of the party, although I could have pretended that I was, but uh, I was not part of the party that was there. So we had to go somewhere else, and we wound up going to just walking down the street where I was talking with Jun Shimizu yesterday because I quite like that street. It's got an old vibe to it, uh, the hanging lanterns and all, and the karaoke bars and whatever. And so one place caught my eye because it had cats, just like photos of cats on the front of it. And so we looked inside, and there was a cat just like staring straight at me from the, from the open door. The cat was just like looking me in the eye. I was like, oh, I guess we have to go here. So we hung out in there, and there was a cat just coming around, sniffing the beers, and I was like, please do not. Please do not have that. Uh, had a little broken, crooked tail. Name was Suchan. Cute little kitty cat. That was good. Haven't gotten to interact with an animal in the past two weeks, so that was that was good for me. Gotta get top up my animal likingness. Yeah. One other game that I did want to talk about. I didn't. I wish. I wish I had someone here who knew about idols because that's the, the one guy who knew would not want to be on here. But Mami Inoue has a disc here on the PC Engine. It's a Super CD ROM. It's probably not really a Super CD. It's probably actually a regular CD. But this is a 1992 like idol game on the Super uh, super CD PC Engine. And the PC Engine CD launched with an idle game. It was that Nodiko game. And so I think they were trying to capitalize, 
not capitalize on the success because this is three years later, but they were trying to um, replicate it somehow and see if it would revitalize that particular corner of their industry. And I don't think it did. Like, you never hear about this game. Noriko is notable really only for being one of the first CD console games along with Fighting Street. And this one is just like, who cares? <laughs> no offense to her. Uh, but in, when you look at the graphics, it's all like goofy, like almost like it's for kids kind of drawings. I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's odd. Maybe it was for kids. I mean, what what do I know? This, frankly, this is probably like a fourteen, fifteen year old idol. It probably should be for kids. I don't know. It's probably weird for for an adult to be buying this video game anyway. Um, also got Saint Dragon. I can't remember if I own Saint Dragon. That was, that was one of those purchases where it's like, I'm not 100% that I do not own this. I know I wanted to own it for a long time, but in the interim, it may have become purchased by my person, and it may live inside of my house at this very moment. But it's still a cool game, so if I already have it, I'm going to give it to somebody. Uh, it's a It's a weird one where... It's like a multi-segmented dragon thing flying around shooting game on the PC Engine. Love those PC Engine shooters. Tell you what. Okay, I'm not going to go on forever. How about Rakugaki Okoku 2 on PS2? That game is uh, Graffiti Kingdom, it's called, in the U.S. That's another game where the like the U.S. price has gotten so astronomically high that it has made me interested in it and in finding out why. And so I uh, I just bought the Japanese version because it was cheaper. 10% of the cost of the American version. So why the heck not? I got Rakujang on the Wonder Swan. That's a Mahjong um, puzzle game where it's like a falling blocks Mahjong thing. And you're make, trying to make hands. I'm hopeful that this is going to help me learn how to play god darn mahjong i don't know man it probably won't whatever i'm 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 gonna learn mahjong someday they can't stop me forever not forever uh i got the cobra the second cobra game on pc engine space adventure cobra that is uh you may know that this is like an 80s late 70s early 80s anime, I can't remember exactly when, uh, which is about like a, I don't know, like a misogynist space jerk and his sexy lady friend. Uh, pretty, pretty classic setup. Um, but what I did not know, because I'd never seen it with the Obi, is that the Obi has gold leaf. And that's why I bought it. Is that ridiculous? Maybe. But when you're talking about like a $8 PC Engine adventure game, and it's got gold leaf on the obi. I don't know, man. This yen is so weak. The yen is so weak that it's just like anything you see is like, I don't know. Maybe I'll pick that up. If you're one of those monomochi people like myself that just wants to have all the things. Monomochi means a thing haver, basically. <laughs> uh, if, you're a, if you're a thing haver, it's a little hard to resist things. I got the Power Shovel. That's a simple series. 
game where you you play as like a power shovel slash digger slash um i forget what we call them in, in regular human being american english uh, no offense britishes it came with a densha de go like controller that it looks something between like sticking two wiimotes into a slab of yellow velveta cheese and a saturn twin stick controller somewhere in the middle of those but you could actually use this controller which i'll probably never find to uh to play this game as it should be use, operating the tank treads and separately from the from the arm and everything it seems pretty cool i'd probably like doing it but i'm not gonna get that opportunity dadgummit unless somebody's got it if you got it let me know drop me a line about the persona 1 psp game which i do already have in the u.s but this one was dirt cheap and came with the original soundtrack cd uh, and i think that would have cost a lot more by itself so i guess i win once again what do we got here game gear sailor moon s that's a sailor moon fighting action jumping game we call them action platformers I hear that on the la like a, a recent ep episode, people were talking about like the the fake genres that people made up for video games, like psychic action shooting or or uh, laundry delivery extravaganza. I don't know. Um, I feel like I should have been involved in that discussion, and the fact that it was had without me is very upsetting. <laughs> It's not actually upsetting, but we should do it again. Do it again and get me in there. Oh, man. Look at this. I got a whole... You can hear all these crinkles. I got a whole other bag over here. So, I mentioned that I bought that Chase the Express from that guy that I met for 198 yen. I saw him the other day. Again. I saw him a second time. Um, he's, the, he's the J League soccer and like World Series baseball and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, guy and I bought Chase the Express and he was like oh the game's not that good and I was like well I bought it for 198 yen he's like oh well you'll have some fun for 198 yen but there has been a rumor going around that Chase the Express's scenario uh, and there is a, an English version of this by the way was written by Yoko Taro and I confirmed with him that this is false he is not involved but then he did show me another game that actually was Yokotaro involved that I don't think people know about, which uh, I don't know if I even wrote down what it was called. Yes, here it is. Here it is. It is called Phase Paradox on the PlayStation 2. So uh, our man that I was talking to was the producer, and Yokotaro had something to do with it, which um, I wish I had specifically asked. But he said that this game is really bad. Um, and I said, well, I like Kusoge. And he's like, well, you're going to love it. So <laughs> uh, far from discouraging me, that made me really want to buy it. But unfortunately, I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Uh, but Phase Paradox, that's a game you can look up if you want something that's apparently terrible. I'm going to make some more crinkling noises just for a second. Ah oh, man, I bought a bonk 
This is how I'm going to end it. I bought a Bonk guidebook. Bonk's Adventure, PC Genjin. I bought a, a guidebook that was originally 410 yen. Um, it costs a little more than that now. And I'm really, I'm really excited about it. It's a thin little thing, but like, what if there's cool secrets in Bonk that I don't know about? I'm going to start to know about them now. That's an exciting time. It's going to open up a whole new world for me, possibly. Maybe, maybe I know it all already, but you know, it's fun to look at this stuff. I love looking at the video games. I like thinking about them. I like the old ones, I like the new ones, but I've been buying a lot of old ones this trip. And uh, it's been a good time. So, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And I'll talk to y'all again real soon. Bye for now. That terrible series and sequence of noises that you heard was Tokyo Game Show public day, first public day of Tokyo Game Show. That was the Capcom booth. There is a lot of yelling and screaming. There's people shoving to get everywhere. Luckily, it's nice and quiet over here. The, the show hasn't 100% technically opened yet. Uh, it, they opened half hour early to select customers to kind of alleviate the lines a little bit. And those select customers all made a beeline to the new like mon Monster World, I mean Monster Hunter <laughs> thing or whatever it is. I wish they were making a beeline to Monster World Wonder Boy. Get that West Tone booth all full up. All right, this, this might be my last message from Tokyo Game Show unless something actually really cool happens. But I'll have more to say later, not about this show. Maybe I'll do a wrap-up. We'll see. All right, bye for now. Wait, I forgot, I do have more to say. I, sh I should never say that I'm done because it's, it's never really exactly gonna be true. I tried to go to the Capcom booth to play Street Fighter VI right before 9.30 when they opened it to select people. And, you know, I'm an exhibitor. There's nothing going on over there. They got everybody waiting. I was like, hey, can I play Street Fighter VI? And they're like, uh, no. No, you can't do that. So, Street Fighter VI, worst game of 2022 so far. They won't let me play it. They're gonna, they're gonna pay for it later. W when I buy it at full price. <laughs> uh, I wanna play it. Dad gummit, I wanna see that. Um, I, they're, they're not actually showing it here, but I wanna see that dang running around Yakuza-like. We made a little open world area, part of Street Fighter VI. That's what I wanna see, but they don't, they don't have it here anyway. But I wanna, you know, I wanna do some Shoryukens with Hobo Ken. They won't let me. Heck. Dang it, Capcom. Alright, bye.
I had to record a little of that because that was, uh, they got the most annoying voice I ever heard at the booth next to ours. So I was just sharing a little of the, the fun. Enjoy. Bye for now. Well, today was day three of TGS. I went home early because I was falling asleep. But also, we have enough people now that I was kind of being superfluous over there. Came back. I went to the Taiwanese vegetarian restaurant in Nakano Broadway. I forgot to ask whether they were worried about the Sun Plaza being shut down or torn down. Uh, I'm worried about it. Nakano Sun Plaza is such a cool, old vibesy place and they feel like it's too old and vibesy and so they're gonna remake it and make it all new and sterile. I assume it'll be sterile. It'd be cool if it weren't, but I don't know. I do not trust. But unfortunately, while I was there, there were two other people who were speaking English. There was a British guy and somebody else and they were talking about how good they were at martial arts. And this, this British guy was talking all about how, like, you know, I'd work with some of the best senseis in the world, and the, their students will just let him throw him to the ground, but not me. I stand my ground because I think that's a form of respect. And so they try to do a little hip throw, and I don't, I don't budge. And they're like, how can this guy still be standing? It was just, it was miserable. It was miserable to listen to and they were there the whole time because they were just hanging out and the, the other guy would be like oh I'm just in a small uh, Aikido circle with my friends and then the British guy would go back to being like oh yeah and there was this other guy he thought he was tough and it's just like shut up if I didn't need to eat that food I tell you what I would have been out of there but I just went to the 7-eleven I heard a uh, I don't know mall Muzak, elevator, hold music version of Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic by the Police. That was funny. I had a lot of trouble with the new change machine they got. Nowadays for like touchless contact kind of stuff, or like no contact, um, you can put your cash into this machine, but if you put it in too fast, it doesn't read it, and that's what happened to me, and so, like, it ate 100 yen, and I got all confused and had to push the reject button, and I don't know. I was feeling like a big dum-dum. But so it goes. I got it, I got it done in the end. I purchased my uh, chocolate corn puffs, which is something I didn't know existed. It's corn puffs surrounded by a layer of chocolate. We'll see if that's any good. I'm going to try to get some actual sleep. I've been sleeping five hours a night. I'm not going to TGS tomorrow, so this is my last TGS day. Uh, tomorrow, instead, I will be going to Masaya Matsura of Parappa the Rapper and Size Fame. I will be going to him. He's got a DJ thing where he's playing records for two hours. 
for a group of 10 people and one of them will be me and it's a very small event and it's pretty cool and I hope it's fun and hilarious or relaxing or one of those things I'll let you know about it bye for now I'm out here in the light rain. The typhoon, it was a typhoon by the way, has had a lull in the action, so it's not too bad now. I just came out of Matsura's DJ event or record playing event, and I might actually sound a little better because thanks to him, right here at the end of the whole thing, I found out how to sound good through a mask. What he was doing was he was just pushing his microphone right up to his face, right up to the mask, and speaking normally at a normal human volume. And it sounds good, so... Lucky y'all, now you get to hear <laughs> at the very end that I figured out how to use a microphone. Anyway, it was a really cool event. He was playing music from his history on vinyl records and just talking about what it meant to him and the situation of recording each track and he played a bunch of cool stuff. He played two tracks from Playtex and Playtex is his band before size. So most people know Masai Matsura in the West from being the Parappa the Rapper, um, Vib Ribbon, etc. guy. I'm Jammer Lamy. But he was before that an arena filling pop musician and so a lot of like Japanese industry associates were really super nervous and embarrassed when they met him for the first time because he was like previously famous but I don't have that experience of course I didn't know he was in a band until after and it's really excellent of course but yeah so we were able to become more friendly because of that Anyway, Playtex is his band before size, and you can see some of their, hear some of their stuff on SoundCloud. It's really good, but one song that he played is a song that is not on his SoundCloud, which means basically nobody has ever heard it, because it's, the, the album was released in a limited edition of 100, and it had a handmade, like, printed on a, IBM dot printer cover that if you lift it up had a unique like calligraphy swoosh behind it really cool stuff but yeah he played this song that basically you will have never heard no one has ever heard uh, in the grand scheme so he played it for this group of 15 people that included myself and it turned out to be the original version of Size's song Keshki, but with English lyrics written by Chaka, which were super 
hardcore about like a breakup or something and uh, the, the chorus became I will not forgive you until you die <laughs> basically uh, really good and then he played the the size version right after that I don't know it was a it was a really cool experience I have to say he was just talking about the tracks in between playing them and had a Q&A at the end where uh, if you asked him a question, he would answer it in Kansai Ben, because he's originally from Osaka. And at the end, everyone was getting a uh, a stamp, because this is the sixth one of these. And I guess if you go to all of them, I don't know, something happens. <laughs> but people were getting stamps, and I didn't have anything to stamp, so... Uh, well, I did. I had just gone to Koko Ichibanya to get curry in the midst of the typhoon. And so it was the only piece of paper I had was a Kokuichibanya receipt. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll stamp that. So that's what I got stamped. This whole thing is happening here in Ochanomizu. All the music stores are all around here. People selling guitars and whatnot. The event venue was in the bottom floor of the Ochanomizu Christian Center, which is very odd. They had some super Christian guys out front just like spreading the good word <laughs> etc what a what a interesting end to a long week just pouring down rain getting to see Matsura who I realize I've been hanging out with for 10 years now play some music that basically nobody has heard he played a Parappa the Rapper 2 track which uh, it was released on vinyl in a limited, also in a limited edition of 100. They had plain white jackets, and the only people that got them were Nanonsha staff and a few DJs that he gave it to, and otherwise nobody's got that either. I want those records, dadgummit. Anyway, pretty good end to the whole thing. I feel a little bad about having skipped out on the last day of TGS, but it was worth it for me. Sorry, everybody. I'll probably have one more update for you after, uh, before I get out of here. But this is my last big thing here in Tokyo, so thought I'd let you know about it. Talk to y'all later. Bye for now. that sound is rain. I'm about to walk through this rain to start my day here. Uh, <laughs> it's intense. I live in California. We don't get rain anymore. I haven't seen rain like this in person since probably like, I don't know, 1997? Something like that. There's a, I'm looking at a roof here standing outside of my Airbnb and this roof has, it's got drains and everything, but it's got about six inches of water in it that's, that's trying to frantically drain out. It's wild. So, this is going to be a new day for me. We're going to see how it goes.
Bye for now. So I'm about to get on the train here and I saw Jun Shimizu who stopped me on the way into the train station which is very funny just by happenstance she was standing there and was like hey you leaving kind of a fun send-off in a way like after after having such a, uh, a weird time elsewhere and a nice time here to have uh, one of my friends literally be at the station to send me off just by pure happenstance was kind of like the ultimate okayety from Nakano, like, come on back anytime. So, uh, yeah, getting on this train. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. So I'm finally on my way home. I'm on the Keisei Rapid Train for Narita, which for anyone that has not made this mistake before is an extremely slow local train that takes about an hour and a half to get to Narita instead of 40 minutes. I made this mistake in the past and almost missed my flight, but this time I got four hours to go, so I'm in no problem. I can take the slow ride, take it easy. So yeah, time to leave, time to head home, kind of reflecting on how the trip has been. Uh, I thought I was going to make the whole trip without going the wrong way, the wrong direction on a train, but I confused Omori with Omiya yesterday when I was heading out to buy a backpack. I had to buy a backpack because I'm trying to bring the entirety of all Japanese media home with me, and it's very heavy. <laughs> I think I got like 150 pounds of stuff. That's like... 30 stone for you British people. Is that what? I don't know what a stone is. <laughs> It'd be funny if I got that right. But yeah, a lot happened on this trip. We had a typhoon. It rained a whole bunch. Part of why I'm sticking on this train is because it's raining right now and I don't I don't want to I don't want to be moving around. I met like everybody from Sega from the Dreamcast days. Um, there were some sad points, like not having uh, anybody to hear my hilarious jokes. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Tim wasn't here. Usually we make a bunch of dumb memes while we're here, like internal memes, but, uh, setting them up for the year while we're present, but that didn't happen this time. But I can tell you some of the ones that I had said in my head, which unfortunately nobody got to hear. Um, I saw a guy who had, uh, he had hair all around the sides of his, sides and back of his head, but none on the top in like a strip. And I said, wow, that dude's Kim Jong-ilin. That would have been pretty funny to somebody. Another good joke I had a couple times was um, seeing a very short but clearly adult woman walking with a standard sized man and 
saying in his voice, actually, she's 6,000 years old, so it's fine. That was funny, just to me. Nobody got to hear my funny um, names of stops, like Takara no Baba is Takara's grandma, which Hanumizu is tea water, and uh, pronouncing Okachimachi like Okachimachi. Yeah, that's the good stuff. TGS, I went to TGS. It was pretty much the opposite experience of PAX, where the city was nice, all the people were friendly, everyone was very welcoming, but people weren't really playing the game. We had, I think, one person, maybe two people, who played through the game all the way and did everything. Meanwhile, at PAX, it was like everybody. Everyone played it all the way through. Everybody came back to try to play the second demo. So it was interesting, but some people really did like it, which was cool. Overall, it feels like stuff hasn't changed that much since the last time I was here. The last time we did one of these, we were talking about how much the city had changed across the last 10 years or so, but it's been almost 10 years since we did that, and it feels like stuff hasn't changed that much since then. Like, some arcades shut down, but they mostly changed names. One or two game shops closed, but for the most part, they're still there. Like, I found out that Friends isn't closing that game shop. They're gonna continue on with one floor. I thought they were, like, moving toward retirement or something, but nope, they're just consolidating. Uh, I got to go to the same restaurants, more or less, see the same people. I didn't really go anywhere that I wasn't welcome. I skipped Yummy Yummy Curry, for example, which is a place too, and I used to go all the time, where they used to serve vegetarian curry, and then they stopped, and they got really aggressively upset when you went and asked after that. I saw more people holding hands. It's anecdotal, but that was nice. I saw fewer buskers, which was unfortunate. I think the worst thing is that the hearing that the Sun Mall in Nakano is getting torn down. But what can you do? Things can't stay the same forever. Also, didn't didn't I last time I did this, wasn't there a Matsura performance at the end there as well? Another Messiah Matsura performance? I feel like there was. In which case that's an incredibly odd coincidence. It's not like he does that many of them. Well, I'm ready to go home. It's been a nice trip, but I want to go home and see my partner and my dog, Pocket, who has been sleeping with my socks for, for comfort so he can have my smell still, which is very cute, but also very sad. Uh, I hope he doesn't have a heart attack when I walk through the door. He's going to be pretty into it. I'm looking out the window at these rice fields all soaked with water. They haven't planted yet. Or if they have, they haven't sprouted yet. A bunch of barren rice fields, a bunch of traditional roofs once you get out this way. It's a slow train, but it's a good experience. You get to see a lot of fun, fun stuff. You get to see a lot of capital J Japan out there. Okay. 
that's it for this whole travelogue business. I hope you enjoyed all 56 episodes of it, or however long it wound up being. Take care of yourselves. See y'all out there. Bye forever. Insert Credit Show is a production of Insert Credit. This episode was hosted by Brandon Sheffield with Lottie May, Yumiko Miyabe, Mark McDonald, Jun Shimizu, Andrew Kia, Cheryl Ung, and Paul O'Leary McKen appearing in this episode. Insert Credit Show is edited by me, Esper Quinn, with original music by Kurt Feldman. Thanks for listening.